This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> Put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this. What's your name? My name? Oh, let me tell you my name. Uh, I'm confused because, uh, you know, like we're supposed to believe in the ministry, right? So is the, is the church and state supposed to be separate? I'm confused because I never went to school, right? Is a confused person get a resolution? I don't understand. You see, when you go like that, right, you have a cross, two sticks, right? And that's how I felt when I was in Waterloo. Because when I walked in Waterloo and smiled at people, they treated me like a vampire. They used the cross and they went like this by not smiling at me. In Toronto, hey, hi guys, you know me, Steve Spiros, easygoing. Those who know me, I'm a nobody. You understand and you can't kill a person with no body. So, why am I afraid? I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of the boogeyman. Who's the boogeyman? You figure it out. I'm getting out of here. You'll find no separation of schemes and facts tonight for it's episode 66 of Behind the Schemes, and I am Booberry, Mothman, and the Miniocalypse. And from all the way over here on the Breft Coast, where we're running out of things to mandate, my name is Lavish. <laughs> and... Probably the one host that would make you want to bring some sort of like ice picking device so you can scrape your jaw off of the floor straight from MoFax with Adam Curry and the Lost Tapes. We have none other than MoFax. How you doing, Boo? How you doing, Lavish? We are fantastic. Doing much better now. <laughs> it's great to have you here, sir. I'm happy to be here. Hell yeah. We, uh, you know, I. I think the first time that I had reached out to you was around November of last year, but uh, it didn't come together because I was traveling a lot at the time, and uh, I didn't really pursue it all that much. So I'm I'm glad that uh, Lavish is here now, and we've got some more hours under our belt, and mm-hmm. uh, finally finally got together, made made it happen. Perfect timing. Yeah, and uh, you've been working uh, a lot. You got you've been putting out two shows a week now, MoFacts.com. M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z dot com. You don't listen to hosted with the podfather himself, Adam Curry. And uh, and now you're doing the Lost Tapes, which is great. You've been doing that every Wednesday night. Right. So, so just the schedule of that is on Wednesday. One Wednesday, we record the uh, podcast. 
And then the following Wednesday, I do the lost tape that and that how that came about was so we have um, something for the producers every week. Because the t- amount of time that I put into doing, you know, the podcast, it is almost impossible to do it in a seven day cycle. It mm. usually takes about 10 days um, just with working, you know, life and kids and family and those kind of things. So but I had so much stuff left on the plate um, that I want to talk about. And if you notice, you start seeing the episodes get a little longer, a little longer because I had all this great material that I had dug up from going down the rabbit hole. And I was like, well, you might as well do something with it. So the idea came up to come with the lost tapes. And so things that just doesn't translate um, through audio only. Um mm-hmm. Things that may like with uh, visual representation. It also gives a great um, platform for feedback with the producers because it's um, it's it's done live, so they're in the live chat and they're giving me feedback and asking questions and those kind of things. So what I call the lost tapes is the um, an interactive newsletter. So it's basically a way to stay contacted with the producers, give them another you know piece of content. That that's um, that um, complements the the show that we just recorded the previous Wednesday. So every Wednesday at eight o'clock, there's something going on at my YouTube channel. So that's the premise behind the Lost Tapes, and of course, you know the podcast with me and Adam. So that's how that works. Nice, and yeah, not only do you get to have the live experience with Mo and, and maybe even have him acknowledge you in the chat or whatever, but there's a lot of people. A lot of people hanging out there. It's kind of a kind of a, a community hangout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go there, you get dozens and dozens of people, maybe hundred people, hundred fifty people in there. Yep, it's That's about uh, the average what we do. Like I said, and it's it's definitely interactive. I get a lot of questions. Um, so if you had a question about the show, come on over to the, the Lost Tapes, and you can ask that question, and you, more than likely you'll get an answer. So that's a and the visual element's great too. I. <laughs> I was cracking it when you um, you were talking about Michael K. Williams when he passed. Yes. And uh, you showed the interview of him with that lady, and, and he had the picture behind him of uh, Obama kissing him. <laughs> so so you you thought that was Obama. I mean, because this is one of those things. It was like red dress, blue dress, I mean, blue dress, or whatever those two colors were. So, like, so it's still a debate? Because like, I thought it was uh, like, I thought it was confirmed, man. It looked I, like it. I, I did too, but I got a lot of pushback. And that's the cool thing about the lost tapes. Like people were like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, well, why would he have a random dude behind him kissing him that looks kind of like Obama? It didn't make any sense, but it was fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just seemed like a, it, well, it seemed like something he may do to flex, right? Like he's like, you know, hey, I hung out with Obama. Okay. He loves me. He told me I'm his favorite <laughs> character ever. So, you know, check this out. Well, I saw it a little different. I saw the producers came in, as you know, when they come in to set up the shot. And they probably saw that picture on the wall. Like, oh, that's a cool picture. Hey, how about we put this in the shot? You know, because if you looked at the chairs and everything, this is kind of what doesn't translate in the in the Yeah, it's obviously put there on purpose. Like, it's no reason it would be there otherwise. Yeah, so I assume the producers like, hey, that'll be a great, because since we're going to bring up the Obama story anyway, that'll be, you know, a great uh, visual aid or visual... Uh, piece to put into the shot, and yeah. that's that's how I saw it. But I mean, it could have been either way that he could have been flexing as well. 
Oh. Yeah, I, I I I don't know either way, but that's the element that you get, the visual element. That's yep. that's awesome when you get that with there because <laughs> that that had me cracking up pretty bad. I could I should have sort of was like, that's it, that's Obama kissing him. That's but if yeah. I had to put money on it, I, I'm I'm taking the uh, money. It was Obama kissing him. That was <laughs> that was a weird that was weird in itself. So that mean that whole yeah, situation. Yeah. That would be the over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I won't mess that one up. <laughs> nice. Right on, right on. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, reveal what tonight's tarot card. Uh, if you go to zososcorner.substack.com, Z O S O S. .substack.com. You can check it out. It's posted at the top of our show notes. And for tonight, it is the reversed Four of Wands, which I feel like, because I made the, the comment about the two rabbits sort of uh, making a circle laying down there in the grass, I feel like we've had this card not too two long ago. Two of Wands? Is that what you said? Four of Wands. The Four of Wands. Oh, we have had the Four of Wands, I think, before. Yeah, maybe three episodes ago. Mm. I could check, but that would require multitasking. Uh, but I got a, I got just a short introduction to this card for tonight. Um, a young man seated in contemplation gazes at the three cups. Uh, that's not the right one. Garlands, sorry, garlands of flowers form a triumphal arch for the approaching people who hold their bouquets high. Behind them is a bridge over a moat, which leads to a turreted castle. Here we have the four of solidarity and the material universe mingled with the energy and growth characteristics of the wands. And the result mm. is bound to be a happy, productive card. Uh, card. And the reverse meaning is this is such a good card that even reversed, it carries much of the same message, but in lesser degree. Learn to appreciate the little things in life, the beauty in nature, peace and harmony among friends and family. Yeah, that's a really nice, cool, calm card. And the visual is interesting. Yeah, it's like it's the four ones, but they're in pairs and they kind of look like pillars. And hell, since Mo is here, it's mm-hmm. like it's like the it's the two pillars of it kind of looks like the two pillars of Solomon. Well, the, the Bo- Boaz and I forget the, uh, the other, yeah. other one always escapes uh, me. But Boaz y'all know exactly what you're talking about. Jo- Joe Bitch or Joe, Bi- Joe something like that. Sort of the J Joe maybe. King. Is it Joe King? Jo- Joe King, that's it. That's got okay. it. Okay, yeah. And uh, yeah, which you see around. The last time I saw it in a big way was the that Prince Harry, Meghan, Oprah thing. Mm-hmm. That, you well, know, they had the, the two pillars there. And that was that's like the vibe of this card is like, oh, we're sitting in this garden having a chat. You're having some having some tea, so yeah. I actually did a live on that um, the crate challenge, and <laughs> how that kind of tied in with the you know the Masonic symbolism of the stairs, right? The thirteen the stairs and the, you know in those kind of things. You know, I, you yeah, you know what the that's the two pillars, and then they have the stairs as well, and like like thirty three steps on one side and thirteen on the other, mm-hmm. I believe, and. Like that was kind of like the crate challenge to me. Like that was a representation of that. So, yeah, that's it. I did not think of it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> now, is there any connection in there, and like the the Temple of Solomon crashing, or am I thinking of uh, another building no, well, that was that was collapsed? Well, the way, the way I tied it in was just that's how it is, kind of making it up those steps the same way. That was like a 
layman's way of trying to make it to fame, right? Up those steps and uh you make make it to the top, but then you don't make it down safely. So I mean that was the kind of the narrative I uh formed around mm. uh that whole um Psyop, I believe. I mean, to get people to walk up on a, a milk cup. What fame will you get out of that? I mean, other than temporary Instagram fame or uh, TikTok, I think it was. Other than that, I mean, you're not going to have be like a professional crate walker. So, I mean, I, I didn't understand the <laughs> people risking their life and limb. I think there was uh, a a gold ribbon NFT tie-in promotion sort of thing. Oh really? I, I missed that. Aspect. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Of course it was. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, as weird as as weird as uh, reality is, it's definitely believable. <laughs> I just, this is I, a very progressive event. I just really appreciate the way that you framed. None of them. None of them came down safely because certainly all of them, <laughs> all of them came down, and like it's just it's brutal to watch. Over and over, there was so many. Is it still going? I haven't really seen much about it. No, it's not mm, anymore. Go. But but that that was the point I was making about the like in Hollywood. It's the same thing. People make it to the pinnacle, but they never make it down safely, right? I mean, they're always knocked off. Mm-hmm. So that was the that was the parallel I drew with it because you can make it to the top. I mean, they they often people um, make it to the top, but the problem with that is. Making it off of <laughs> making it off of it um, and coming back down safely, and that's not the it's a it's always an epic crash. I.e. Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, fill in the blanks of any uh, yeah, celebrity. Fall you from like grace. Yep. Do you think uh, JCD was walking around seeing a bunch of uh, clandestine dressed dudes dropping off <laughs> pallets of milk crates, and he's like, "There's something <laughs> spooky going around these here parts." You have to ask the question: Where the hell did all those milk crates come from? I mean, like, there's so many of them. <laughs> where did they come? I mean, seriously. I mean, they they have some pretty big stacks, but I didn't. I didn't want. They to were uniform too. They're all like brand new, blue or black, <laughs> like standard. Like you just got them from Target. Like they they look brand new. It, it's it's a it's a weird thing that's going on. How <laughs> these things crop up and this. Sold is uh, organic, but it's like when you start to peel back the layers, it's like this seems very manufactured. It's never organic. Um, if there's any major social media movement in any way, it's always somebody pushing it. Somebody get somebody got paid for it. Yeah, it was the milk lobby. Big, <laughs> big milk. Add it again. Big milk. Exactly. We. We got it. We can go home, boys. <laughs> so, so we're here. We're here to get behind the schemes, okay? We're here to peel back the, the layers, okay? Fact of the schemes, big milk. <laughs> big milk. Stream drop. Oh, God. Did they See. miss our big punchline? Stream drop right when we made a joke? I hope not. Big milk. <laughs> it took us down, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's got the algo tied in. They're like, end it. <laughs> See if I can made a phone this. call. Yeah, big milk working in conjunction with <laughs> big hot dog. <laughs> it's, uh, another that's a uh, the the show that we share Monday Night Madness with Hog Story. They they were always getting just the weirdest stream drops whenever whenever there was a guest uh, without fail for the longest time. Fucking um, stream would drop out, clean feed would cut out. 
just not not a good time all around. Mm. But uh, what is a good time all around is our Freaks of Hazards. That's right. We are a value-for-value production, meaning we take no creepy corporate sponsor money and instead are founded, sorry, funded entirely by listeners like you. Listeners like you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and they're not yeah. listeners. They're producers. They're producers. That's right. They're we, producers. We do. We we take it a step further. Uh, we do refer to our producers as freaks of hazards. Okay. And uh, <laughs> we Freezer. do. We do have one freak of hazard that came through this week. Uh, Tahunta, who has uh, f- he had a song featured. I forget which episode. Uh, at the it was either intermission or end of show. But uh, he dropped mm. a, uh, a rough cut of a tune that I was infatuated with, and I asked him if I could scope it, and it's going to be featured about halfway through. It's the acoustic song in tonight's intermission. Very mm. exciting times. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting original music coming in, people. This is, uh, this is a big, big deal, man. This is why Value for Value works. If we if we had corporate sponsorship, not only would we not be able to talk about that stuff, but we wouldn't be able to uh, participate with producers in that way and have people have people participate with us. It's it's an amazing thing. And Mo also is on the Value for Value system. A lot of a lot of shows around here. Um, very happy with it. I think. Let's be honest. The best shows around here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. It makes you work. It makes you work for it. You know. Um... Because you have to keep the producers happy and, and coming back, you know, um, just to let people know, I do not take any money from YouTube, even though I they graciously let me use their platform. That's the only thing I need from them. So, I mean, I don't take any money from, from them as well because, um, like I said, I work for the people. I work for the producers. So, um, and they keep you honest. They, they definitely keep you honest. I love the feedback loop, that, you know, with the – either the words of support or like you, like you guys are getting music. I haven't got to that level yet. So on the facts well, family, we need to step it up. I need to get some music in there. <laughs> I need, well, that's I'm true. jealous now. I'm jealous. <laughs> no, all you'd have to do is ask. You got, uh, <laughs> you've, uh, I think you got quite a, a bunch of people that really, really love listening to you and like to tune in. You got a, you got the numbers going these days. So if you asked for, for the music, it would come, I think. Yeah, I, I appreciate. It. Like I said, I get a lot of, lot of aid from um from the producer as far as just information. Like I mean, that's the coolest thing about it is just as an expert in everything. It's like wow. Like they be like, oh, well, don't tell me, tell people what I do for a living. But you know, I hear some inside information. It's like wow. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it just like feels in that like blank or missing piece in the puzzle. That uh, it confirms some things. So, and you end up being getting informed that way. Like people learn from your show, but you learn so much from other people and from the producers. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I look forward to those notes that we read. It's just like wow, like so many interesting people. That's that's the cool thing about it. It's just like wow, like I didn't know like people will listen to me in that field or that you know profession or. Whatever it is, you know, it's like wow, that's pretty cool. That it's it's a very diverse group of people, and yeah. it's um and it's and we're all kind of under the no agenda, 
like the universe. It's you know, like the what is it called the Marvel comic uh, MCU. Yeah, kind of like the <laughs> there's a there's a technical the NAU, term. Right, it's the please uh, no agenda verse. Okay, okay, yeah, well, like we're all in, existing in that. So I've heard that's the a, nation. Oh yeah, that's uh, Gwyth the Cock from England. He uh, refers to it as the nation. The nation. I like that. I like it. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a Marvel universe because. There's so many disparate parts now. There's so many tentacles to this octopus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and there's like there's a whole like network of podcasts that don't even know about the, each other on this network. Like it's such a massive thing that nobody could possibly listen to all the stuff. Know everybody, keep up with everything. Man, I'm yeah. trying my little heart out, but <laughs> it's tough. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, you can really. If if you really want to, you could like spend your whole time here just listening to all this stuff if that's what you wanted to do. But but that's a, awesome that that's available. Thirty eight shows at this point. I think ten of them go live every week. Yeah, some on the stream, some in their respective bubbles, and a huge range, huge range of stuff. And none of it's repetitive. That's the cool thing about it. It's like yeah. you get something from each each tentacle on the kraken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we know what our next show art is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my. easy. Yeah, well, that uh, took a weird left turn inside of my head. And if you would like to get your tentacles up in this, you can go to loveislit.com, badradio.live, or behind the schemes, sch3m3s.com. Reach out. You can email us. You can donate cuck bucks to the show. Um, all, all sorts of cool stuff is there. You can. Get the links to the chat room. In the chat room, we got our super fantastic bot who is set up and managed by none other than Servo. She'll draw tarot cards for you. She'll roll dice for you. She'll read your links out to you. She's amazing. Let's see if I can date mm-hmm. her tonight. I don't think yep. she's... She's uh, still... Uh, oh. No, she's, she's not she about She gave it. you the no hablo inglés. Yeah. Lo siento, senor. Oh, well, maybe next time. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Well, maybe next time. But she is incredible. The bot can do all kinds of things. If you ask, you know, who is George Washington or who is Marvin Gaye, anyone, you can just like, oh, yeah, there you go. They'll give you a whole documentary on them right there. It's a really cool bot. Yeah. So She's, she's fantastic. Like I said, set up by Servo, puts a ton of work into her, and it's greatly appreciated by all. Um. I do have one quick uh, update. We are rocking and rolling with our new Raspy Blitz, which we've deemed the Thunder Road. Um, It is still not tied into the podcast wallets because Sir Spencer has set up the Ring of Fire that uh, he had mentioned probably a month ago at this point. But uh, a Ring of Fire is a circular uh, setup of channels so that, let's say, there's six people in line. I'm number one, not in this case, but... Uh, let's say I'm number one and Sir Spencer is number six. I could send a payment through two, three, four, five, and then to Spencer at number six by engaging in this ring. And uh, it's it's uh, being set up with Metis and myself and Dave Jones and Adam and Sir Spencer and Abel Kirby of uh, Abelcraft and Rare Encounter. It's, it's mm-hmm. going to be a fantastic time, I think. And hopefully that should all be set up and ready to rock and roll by next week. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, moving forward in the in the crypto and the the podcasting 2.0 space. Yeah, and uh, um, 
Mo is also uh, Podcast 2.0 compliant. You can go to newpodcastapps.com and check out all the new apps where you can stream Satoshis and boost in real time to uh, this show, his show, Rare Encounter, Bowl After uh, sorry, Ablecraft, Bowl After Bowl, um, Fun Fact Friday. All sorts of shows are, there's like 2,000 of them now. Mo, forgive me if you've already said this, but are you a Bitcoin guy? Yes. And, and, and uh, that's a difficult question. Um, <laughs> in what way do you mean? Do I? Uh, well, maybe just like uh, loosely at all. Like like you, you got some. and, and you I can take you down some. a rabbit hole if you want to go down a rabbit hole. I mean, if, that, <laughs> if, that's, if that's why I wanted to make sure the question. <laughs> I am, I believe it's a great um, vehicle for monetary value. I think it's a great investment. Do I think it'll overtake the dollar? I do not believe that. Mm, yeah, I'm, because I'm I think it's too much that. magic behind the dollar. That dollar bill has so much energy and magic behind it. I don't think anything will ever overtake the U.S. dollar in our lifetime. Certainly not. And I think it's already a digital currency. Do you so. think? Uh, do you think we'll ever see a transition from the petrodollar to the lithium dollar? Not if these cars keep catching on fire like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, just to be honest with you, I mean. I don't know. Do you guys watch? I mean, I don't want to take. I mean, I guess you are a conspiracy uh, analyst kind of show. I don't like to use the CT word because yeah, it's so we, loaded. We do. We do prefer the term conspiracy hypothesizers. Hypothesizer. I'm an analyst yeah. myself. I analyze conspiracies. I don't, you know, create theories. So right. Um, we we also respond to conspiracy curiositors. So and we, therapists okay. as well sometimes. Yeah. Okay. No degree. So. So with the, I don't know if you ever seen this show called American Gods or not. I've um, read the book. Okay. Yeah. So that's basically where we're at, I believe. And the fact it's the old gods versus the new gods, right? It's the petrodollar. I mean the petro fuel, the um, the oil paper man. dollar versus digital dollar. That's that's pretty much where we're at right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, which side do you think will win? If I had to put my money on it, I would have to say the old gods because they're just so established. It's so ingrained mm-hmm. in our thought patterns. It's not even about technology. Um, technology has to overcome that embracing period. And I just don't think people ever feel comfortable with plugging up their car. <laughs> Everybody. I just don't. It's just much easier just to feed it gas, right? I mean, because, you know, as long as gas is available, I'll be able to go. Um, right. But I don't think people will be comfortable with just plugging in the cars. I don't think people are comfortable with uh, like the digital dollar. Um, because how do I get right now? If I wanted to everything I own, I can go cash out. Right. And get paper money and have a mm-hmm. represent, representation of my wealth in, in actual physical something physical. That's why I said that the American dollar is like it has so much magic behind it. Um, the things that people will do for that dollar, I don't think that it will be overcame by digital. Now, with digital, can it coexist? Of course. Uh, like I said, and I believe that's a great way to make, you know, um, for, you know, just being to move capital without being detected, those kind of things, they have those benefits of it. But when they sat down and drew their American dollar, <laughs> they were not playing. I mean, this just look at the thing. It's, it's beautiful. 
Um, I know it's so so full. There's not a square centimeter millimeter of it that isn't covered in. Got your teeny tiny little baby owl tucked away in the corner there. You yeah. got everything. Got everything for everybody. So it's like New world order. Think, do you uh, think ones and zeros are overcome that? That's the question. I just don't think. I mean, if, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I, I could be really wrong, but I just think that that power. I mean, just that one. And I'm not talking about just the currency. I'm saying that one paper dollar. <laughs> that mm-hmm. thing when you could take it anywhere in the world. And it holds clout, major clout. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, I don't think anything will overtake it in our lifetime. That's just my perspective on it. Yeah, I, I'd say that's all. That's all pretty, uh, pretty understandable, and I would agree with just about most of that. Yeah, I'm such a newbie when it comes to cryptocurrency that I don't. Uh, I'm not really set in any sort of opinion one way or the other. Um, I'm, I could only guess that there's going to be attempts at a crackdown at some point, but you know, when the, when the government starts cracking down on stuff, it only becomes more desirable, more popular. Um, And and that's why they haven't, that's, that's why they're letting it exist. Right. I mean, they can't crack down on it. Like like you said, it'll just make it more popular, but at the same time, like I said, you could take that dollar anywhere in the world and people know where, what it is. Hmm. And that's that's where the real power comes at. It, it's the belief behind it, right? It's 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 a piece of paper. It's what it is, but yeah. it's the magical belief behind it that is the that gives it its worth. Which that that exact energy can give anything worth if you can really, if a large enough people can imbue it with that. Bitcoin does have that value because enough people give it that sort of energy. Enough people believe that it's a it, it's a currency, and therefore. It is <laughs> exactly that's that goes to show you that how powerful that the belief is behind something, yeah. um, but like I said, overtaking the U.S. dollar, yeah. I just think when they whoever sat down and drew that bad boy up, they cast a major spell, um, and I was yeah, that goes with all the other eyes. major currencies. If you look at the the Chinese yuan, and you mm-hmm. look at the euro, you look at all these these major because uh, to me borders when it comes to money and when it comes to international banking and stuff their borders are a thing i guess but it's all under the same umbrella system and it's all controlled by the same networks mm-hmm. and they all have like they're all similar in a way they all have that that smell on them you know mm-hmm. of uh of spooky <laughs> it's got all that stuff on it but if you notice that you the one dollar they never redesign Mm-hmm. And all the rest of the money is just representation of that one dollar. <laughs> it's one, like okay, yeah. this twenty is twenty of those, or this hundred is a hundred of those. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that's the just fundamental my perspective unit. on it, right? Which that bad boy, I'm saying, like I said, you can take that anywhere. I mean, children, just look at children, how fascinated they become with it once they become aware of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to like with my son. I was like, "Hey, he had like a bunch of ones, I think, from his birthday or something." And I was like, "Um, well, let me give you a twenty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get some of those ones off of you, so you know you don't have nah. <laughs> I, I want the ones. Now, of course, that could be not, you know what I'm saying just a child's. You know what I'm saying? Naivete. Mm-hmm. They want more dollars, but just the rep, the respect that thing gets. Is it is amazing. a very pretty. It's much prettier. There's something about George Washington too, the way he looks. 
<laughs> something about him. I don't know what. I mean, Andrew Jackson's ugly. Let's just be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Washington's <laughs> just got that weird look that just draws you in. It's kind of like Mona Lisa, right? It's like has very similar vibes to Mona Lisa yes. in, in in the facial expression. So exactly, maybe hiding something, you know, slight smile. Mm-hmm. It's very complex and mysterious, you know. Yeah, Andrew Jackson just looks like he's going to beat you with a cane or something, you know. <laughs> After <laughs> no, like, he, he's just coming off a bender, bro. He like he's just like, Ugh, I just woke up. <laughs> I'm on a three day party at the White House, and uh, you know, we're keeping it going. Yeah, yeah. I like I said I didn't want to take it there, but that's just that's my own, yeah. That's my perspective on it. Um. I just I just think people feel comfortable that they can have something to represent their worth, their wealth. Mm-hmm. Um that that's a hurdle crypto will have to get over. I mean, how do you become comfortable with just having ones and zeros um represent your wealth? Um so mm-hmm. you just need the right sort of meme and enough people behind it. Okay, <laughs> me and Adam have this conversation. And I think the problem with crypto is people and I won't say average people, but the the layman, the crypto layman, they can't get their head around the worth of it. Of course, like what Bitcoins is like fifty seven thousand right now, but how do you equate that in spending? Right, you know, uh-huh. we hardly ever buy anything that's worth fifty seven thousand dollars, right? So it's the equivalent of knowing what is that equal to a dollar. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what that kind of thing of. The the dollar version bi- for Bitcoin is the Satoshi, and nobody knows how much a Satoshi is worth at any point. Because exactly, that's the changing. thing. Like you have to get that into the conscience of people, and if you yeah. can get that into the conscience of people that X amount of Satoshis equal a dollar, then they can, can start believing in it like a god, right? I mean, that's basically what it is: is belief system. It is right. like okay, now I can believe in that because I can understand how to spend it and what what its actual true value is. So. I think mm-hmm. that's the real hurdle that crypto has to get over, if they, if that makes sense. Makes sense. I guess the context I was asking was just do you, do you use it with, with the podcast and you? Uh, I'm sorry, take it out of rabbit hole. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I love no, it because we talk about that stuff all the time. We 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 talk about crypto and we've we've talked about this. So I love getting your opinion mm-hmm. on it. Don't, it's, don't it's, um, oh, we're definitely sat friendly. Yeah, splash those stats. The splash those stats to us. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That too. <laughs> right. See, and, see and like I said, it's a good thing that I mean, whatever somebody gave value gave yesterday is worth more value today. I mean, that's a that's a very cool aspect of it. You know, um, it's actually appreciating in value as opposed to the dollar, which as much as great as it is, it it, it does get more worthless every year <laughs> or less worth hmm. what it is yeah does it though i mean in a in a way it does in a way it doesn't no it, it cost, i mean because pay always things. your income are always balanced the outgoing right and that's the balance of it where it really never loses value um in that sense of it well, now true. if you huh yeah 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 so i mean that's that's the counter argument to it but like I said, I mean, I just, I just think that the powers that be, and we can go into a deeper conversation. Is I don't think the old guys are going to lose this. I really don't. I think they, <laughs> the 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 challenger has put them on their heels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
And to be honest with you, I was having a conversation with um, uh, a friend of mine today, and I was like, what we had to realize is it's only two groups of people in this battle. It's people that it's, – it's a business decision. Um, one side thinks that they can make more money with more people. That's the old guys. And the new guys think they can make more money with less people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all it boils down to at the end of the day. That's it. That's all. That's – the whole argument in a ball of wax is those two sides of people saying, you know what? One side, the old guy saying, you know what? We always had more babies <laughs> and people always had more kids, you know, and that was our business model. And we've been pretty successful on it. Right. I mean, they built one of the um, greatest empires or nations or whatever you want to call it, called America and whatever it goes with it. And then you have the new kids on the block. Like we have this new business model where if you get rid of people, you know, we can do less. We can do more with less. Mm-hmm. And Consolidate the, resources. <laughs> right. And the old guys are like, what are you talking about? Like, we this has worked for thousands of years. And but mm-hmm. the new guys are like, well, you can, you know, when you don't need them to dig ditches and, you know, uh, build buildings, we have robots now. And I don't I think the old money is it is going to is buying into it. They're just not, they're not going to know we're going to stick with our old plan where. That's why they pay you to have more kids. I mean, in tax refunds and those kind of things. That's mm-hmm. that's the business model. <laughs> but then you have these new, the tech industry and those kind of people coming along and saying, "Hey, we don't need we don't need people anymore." And that's where you get the the CV nineteen and uh, uh, I'm talking code, you know, because I mean, <laughs> um, mm. the coof or whatever you want to call it, the Rona, the vid, you know, saying yeah. the vid, whatever you want to call it. That's where that comes from is that we don't need these people anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're having this high level business um, debate. And we're just like pawns on the board to say, oh, do we need less or more? And if I had to put my money on it, I would back the, the reigning champ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. now don't say that the contender has them on their heels right now. Don't get it messed up. Um, do you think, I mean, it, you, you say old and new. Who mm-hmm. we equate literally to age? I mean, I think that it, it's a it's a deal where a, a lot of the boomers and things that that run the world at that point is a generation that we call the boomers, right? Mm-hmm. Once they are gone in a couple decades, um, and the, and the new generation is in their place, the, does that same philosophy still carry over? Is there enough people in the younger generation that still agree with that and, and will carry it on, or will there be more people that? think the other way or or maybe not think the other way but have been conditioned to think that way that's the uh, point of getting more than half the people not to have kids mm-hmm. if you ever can get to that point then you can turn it but sure. if half your people are always going to continue to have kids at the top right if they're always going to be pro more people <laughs> right and that's that's the thing and what happens to the people there don't believe in having children and don't believe in more people, then they fade away. And I think this is why this thing comes and goes. We saw the thing, same thing in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, right? It's the same argument, um, um, eugenics and those kind of things. Like, we just need less people. We have all this great technology. We need we don't need as many people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you control that? And... Big money, they're like, I'm not betting my everything on a robot. I mean, that's just, that's just the way they look at it. This is just my perception of a very, 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 very complex right. 
uh, battle that's going on. But when you boil it down to it, it's just more people or less people. And it's a and it's a business model based out of the reptilian brain. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just very simple, very cut and dry. <clears throat> what we had to realize is what I've realized is these people, they don't they go with their reptilian brain calculation. It's just is it good for me? You know what I'm saying? Like that's how animals think, right? It's like yeah. is this is this good for me and is it safe to do it? Okay, go for it. So you know, they like don't fight or flight, like I have to do this. It's this is you know. It's my yeah. birthright. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, I'm a smart person. This is the vibe I always got with Bill Gates, who very much sets the tone for these kinds of people, where it's like, I'm smarter than everybody. I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than anyone you've ever met. Uh, and now I've proven it because I'm a, I'm a gazillionaire. I got more money than God. And all of my st- stupid shit that, about me, all of the awful things about me, I can just twist and turn into, oh, well, the, I just have the answer, and I always have the answer, and and I I just lie to people and just lie and lie and lie because there's nothing you can do about it. And I lie to myself and I lie to my wife and I lie to everybody because I'm smarter than everybody, <laughs> and that's just that's the whole kind of vibe is like these people just don't they can't just calm down and like live their lives they have to constantly be destroying and, and crushing things to satiate this internal struggle that they have with themselves. I don't know what it is. Well, okay, so when if you look at a and and this is where I think that term and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but when you hear people say, Oh, they're lizard people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're like actually lizards. I think no. they're just being cursed with a thinking that is very animalistic. It's very what you would call like inhuman. It lacks right. emotion or it lacks a, you could even call it a soul maybe, but it's like. Well, I mean, we all conscience. have a reptilian brain, right? We all have that. Sure. But we also have, you know, the other parts, the other two parts of the brain as well. I think there's their most dominant uh, part of their brain is just purely reptilian. It's all calculations. It's just that when a snake eats a rat, it's not like, oh, let me empathize with this rat and see if right. it sucks for him that I'm going to eat him. It's like, no, you know what? Uh, I got to eat. I haven't eaten in a while. Here's yeah. a great opportunity to eat him. And you know what? He shouldn't have gotten in my way, in my range. And it's that's how they, I think they think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's not, it's not, it's not anything personal. It's really not personal. It's, it's comes down to a calculation of I can eat you. So I will. Um, is it I'm inappropriate? Is it inappropriate to hope that they're physical lizard people? <laughs> <laughs> now so they could be. I mean, hey, they could be. Who knows? I'm just saying, like the way I see it, and when you don't freak people out if you say that, it's like because uh, then like they miss the forest for the trees. Is this is how I see them doing it, and it's very simple it's like well you know what if you were smarter than you are you were you wouldn't let me do this to you we tell mm-hmm. you right there out in the in the open in the public we line this shit out we do the things like the agenda 21 and the uh oh what's what the hell is the name of the one that they ran 201 the 201 but there was one that was local to st paul uh spars was another uh, war game essential uh, mm-hmm. war game essentially um, planning out what would happen in in, in a pandemic. Um, I think it was Spars. I gotta check it now. I can't remember. 
I mean, he tells you, <clears throat> we want less people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not hit. It's not hidden, and it's the same thing with Fauci. He says, it's the same look at thing. the models, we, right? We look models. at the models. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's right. Let, less people. I mean, we're gonna do it in a humane way. Um, we're gonna make sure the the lab rat doesn't suffer when we suffocate and eat it. Um, mm-hmm. but it's it's to be, and it's like wow. Like when you look at it that way, well, at least you know what you're dealing with now. That's not personal. <laughs> it's not like, you know, these people sitting around like, well, we're just going to screw everybody over. No, they thinking they're further. I mean, because what animals do, right? That to further the species, I need to eat and I need to procreate, right? That's that's their two main drivers. And that's how these people think. It's just that I need to eat and I need to procreate. And the best way that I'm assured to eat is to eliminate my competition. Because the resources are very few on the prairie, or the or the whatever you want to call it, you know. But that's how they look at it. And it's and if I don't do it, someone will do it to me. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, the document that I was thinking of was the Spars Pandemic twenty twenty five to twenty twenty eight, a futuristic <clears throat> scenario to facilitate medical countermeasure communication. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the outbreak that they lined out in this started in St. Paul, Minnesota, Minnesota nuts. Hmm. Minnesota nuts. Drop that there in the chats. Did we ever close out the value for value segment? <laughs> I don't know. Do we? I don't think so. Uh, maybe not. Do we? Do we do Bill Hicks? We haven't. We haven't shown respect our respects to Bill Hicks for tonight. Oh, we should hear from Bill Hicks. See what Bill Hicks has to say about the value for value model. And uh, I also have a brand new, never been heard before, boost clip. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. We told you who was behind the schemes, but you'll never know who's behind the screens. Call our creep phone now and leave a screen mail. We'll play it on the show. 612-263-SEXY. 612263 SXXY. That's 612263799. Gotta have those sexy numbers in there. That's right. If you want to scream into our voicemail or scream mail line, it's 612263 7999. That's it. Yeah, we're pretty excited. People might be calling in with uh, questions mm-hmm. for Mr. Mofax uh, if you do. Send him in. We might get around to him. Yeah, let me uh, let me go ahead and hit y'all with this first one, if that's all right. I can push the buttons, right? I'm nervous. Caller, turn down your radio. <laughs> Caller, turn, turn down your radio. Caller, please please turn down your radio, Caller. Or turn it up so we can hear. I can barely make it Yeah, down. or turn it up. What is that? Two decibels. <laughs> Two dog biscuits, por favor. <laughs> Come on, man. It's punk music. Not yeah, meant to be played quietly. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a whisper. Yeah, punk music. Cool. Punk, punk music doesn't whisper. 
about this Whatever. next? How about this next one? It's only five. Next seconds. one. God bless you, kids. Hell yeah! Thank you, caller. Wow. God bless you, caller. I'm gonna put that one on the board. I like that one. Jeez. How nice. <laughs> lovely. That was a lovely call. A lovely message. <laughs> But yeah. uh, if you want to get in on that action, it is the easiest way that you can produce the show. 612-263-SXXY. Call mm-hmm. us up. 612-263-7999. Yes, that's correct. And uh, kind of based off of the conversation we were just having before we closed out that segment, um Lavish, if you're okay with it, I'd like to go ahead and hit Mo with the clip that I have pulled, because um, I feel that it is topical to what we were just kind of talking about. Well, please do. Um, so, surely we're all familiar here with the Bruce Lee quote, be as water, my friend. Um, mm-hmm. He's talking about you pour the water into the glass, you become the glass, you become the bowl, you become the vase, you can become the teapot. Uh, you could be, if you were into such things, you could be the bong shaped water. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to save playing the, that clip then since we know it, but did you, or have you ever heard the beginning parts of that interview? I never, I've never seen any bits and pieces that came from that one, except for the water, be water. I have not. Uh, this is uh this is some, it's not quite dimension A, dimension B, but it's talking about bridging the gap between two mentalities. I mean, I might, it, it might sound too philosophical, but it's an acting, acting, or acting, unacting. If you... You've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Uh, so what I'm saying, actually, you see, I mean, it's a combination of both. I mean, here it is, the natural instinct, and here is control. You are to combine the two in harmony... Not, if you have one to the extreme, you will be very unscientific. If you have another to the extreme, you become all of a sudden a mechanical man, no longer a human being. So you, it is a successful combination of both. So therefore, it is not only, I mean, so therefore it's not pure naturalness or unnaturalness. The ideal is unnatural naturalness or natural unnaturalness. Yin yang, eh? right, man. That's it. <laughs> I love that natural and naturalness. <laughs> right, man. That's it. So, so that kind of ties into what we've been talking about, I mean, especially on the last show. <clears throat> is binary thinking, right? Um, mm-hmm. They want to push us into binary thinking: the pros, the cons, the red, the blues. You know, the anti, the pro. You know, those kind of that kind of thinking. And I think they want to do that because then we're easily it's easier to program society in that way. Um, if you have ones and zeros, because that's how you program a computer, right? It's, it has to be definitive ones and zeros. Um, that's how they want us as a society. Um, and I think that's what Bruce was saying that you can't just go to one and zero. Uh, that's why I was just sitting here trying to humanize uh, the lizard brain, is <laughs> because. If I react like they react and just like, oh, they got to die. Oh, we need to do something, you know, that kind of thing. Then I'll become what they are. And then mm-hmm. they win. You see what I'm saying? It's like, so I'm not going to let you push me to that point um, to to be a binary thinker. Uh, for example, 
I'm just going to give you an example. What's the, what's the hottest topic right now? The hottest binary topic right now? Uh, COVID. Yeah, but what's the what's the what's the argument? Oh, the vaccinations. But but what is the argument? The argument is you will kill everyone that you know and love, and even people that you don't know, if you don't take this shot. Uh, it comes from one side, and the other side is saying, "Fuck that." <laughs> Uh, in a nutshell, right. So that's the binary choice they gave us, right? Anti-vax, pro-vax, right? That's mm-hmm. the that's the, but that's not the real argument. And the fact that we get caught in that binary argument that's not even a real argument is the problem. The real argument is pro-choice or anti-choice, because you can have somebody that has taken the vaccine believes in the vaccine but says you know what it's not right you making those people take it if they don't want to take it mm. see that's the dummy mission <laughs> they have us in this pro vax anti-vax binary struggle when the real thing is like you know what all the pro-choice people line up together which that might be some vaccinated people to say you know what i took it hey what the hell you know what I'm saying? i'll take it you know it's i feel like you know it works for me or at least the placebo effect if nothing else you know what I'm saying? Uh, it'll make me feel better about it, you know, going out in public, you know, and I'll be protected. But you know what? It's not right that you make Joe over there take it if he doesn't want to take it. And I'm standing with Joe. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm standing to protect his choice. That's a whole different paradigm shift, and that's a whole different conversation. And that's a, that's a, I like to say that we around here are radical moderates. <laughs> that we are, uh, like, we, the the fact that you made such a reasonable, <laughs> rational, uh, you know, uh, Thoughtful, statement for yourself, very it, empathetic. I got some friends, you know. I live in a in a kooky state, mm-hmm. and you know they talk. They if they heard you and me talking about this, they would call us murderers. <laughs> you know, they for even having this opinion of like, oh, just get it, just get it. Why do you even just get it, just get it. And 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 these are smart people. I, I mean, you know, they have jobs and they pay taxes and they're they're, they're good people. But th- that's their whole. They just don't see any other way, and it's it's terrifying. Well, the thing is, they've been they've been hit with fear so bad yeah. that they become binary, right? It's yeah. that that's that fight or flight brain that now they yeah. now they're thinking Us with their them. reptilian brain right and like they've been brought down to the level of mm-hmm. the people that's calling all the shots with their reptilian brain so it's like you know what what i'm going to do i'm going to combat that with my reptilian brain no what i'm going to do is bring some nuance to the table it's just like no how about this you take yours i'm okay with that fine i would never do it you know what I'm saying but you gotta knock yourself out you know, um, because I'm I'm pro-choice. If that's what you choose to do, knock yourself out. You know, but don't take my choice away. And we'll mm-hmm. get more allies in that way if we if we started having a proper conversation. But the re- the reason why the media wants to frame it as pro-vax, anti-vax, is because that's that's a it's a binary choice that really has no right answer to it. I mean, to be honest with you, but if it's like a, people having free will and choice, it definitely has an answer to it. But that's why they never frame it that way. That's why we had to re we had to shift the paradigm and reframe the conversation to say, you know what? Are you vaxxed? Yeah, you okay? Do you think you should, somebody else should be made? And that you'll find people all the time say, no, that's not right. And I've heard I've heard people say this. 
um, say, well, I got it, but then it's not right to make somebody else take it if they don't want to take it. And that's how we make allies in this, you know, um, in any, whatever the topic is, right? It's, it's that let's reshape the proper conversation first and then have nuance about it. Um, uh, that's why we beat binary thinking with fuzzy logic, right? Fuzzy logic looks and says, well, it depends. <laughs> it depends on the scenario. Like what's the, what's the, what's the, What's the inputs? What's the yeah, values? Let's what, look you know, into that it. Let's of, question right. shit. You know, let's not right. just accept it. Did you hear about uh, Clapton, Eric Clapton? No, I didn't. What about So him? Eric Clapton originally came out and said, uh, I'm not going to get vaxxed. You know, you, I'm not going to require it at my shows. And then his family convinced him to take it. So he took it. Mm-hmm. And then he got really sick. And he said he couldn't play guitar for two months, six weeks. Something like that. And it totally knocked him on his ass. And and he went out and he talked about it. And he was just like, yeah, I had a really bad experience with it. I was okay. I took it. And then it knocked me out. And uh, I'm really pissed about it. And everybody is now coming out. All the liberal media and everybody slamming him. They're calling, you know, they're going back to when he's a younger guy and saying that he's a drug addict and a racist and all this stuff. This guy played with Muddy Waters, and they're calling him a racist, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're just going nuts on him, and that's 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 the that's the scene right now. That's the whole vibe. It's very bizarre. But, but he, that's he that's great. That's great. That's great that they are taking it to that extent because here is a person that is you know saying is vaccinated, and yet and still you know saying they they they, they uh, slander his name because. He is. He doesn't push their narrative, and mm-hmm. that's like I said. That's the way we we. we it's that we definitely have allies out here. And when I'm, I mean, that's if you are a pro-choice person, which I, like I said, I don't care what your vaccination status is. <laughs> I, I mean, I really don't. Not you, but to anybody, I don't care what your vaccination status is. We're talking about should people be made to do something they don't want to do? Mm-hmm. That's the and conversation. Kids. And we, if yeah, we shift it to that. Then it's like, okay, now we can have a real conversation. Now, mm-hmm. justify to me that you should go against somebody's will, um, override their will and be mandate them and these things of that nature, or mandate that their kids do it to get a service that you already prepaid for. Education is prepaid for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, are you going to give my tax money back? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, okay, <laughs> if they don't go to school, I mean, how does that work? Um, yeah, and so they don't have any of that plotted out. They just, oh God, I hate schools. My yeah, uh, so. my experience on the whole, uh, I guess, coercion ex- uh, experience is a little skewed because I come from the entertainment back, come from an entertainment background, and most of my old normal has been shut down for two years up until uh, probably the beginning of this month, last month. It wasn't until then tours started going back out, right? Mm-hmm. but it's really just supercharged uh most of the folk that i've uh folks that i've been with for the uh several years in, in some regards and um i, mean, I don't want to speak out uh, and say things that they've never said but i've seen other just comments and mentalities of people like one of them one of my favorites is uh people on record stating that they're keeping track of anybody that's made anti-science or anti-vaccine rhetoric 
in these touring groups on social media and they're adding their names to do not hire list. The the whole mentality has been if you don't want to do what the producers are mandating, then you should just find a new career. And uh, it really wasn't until that uh, episode 60, mark my words that you, that you released that mm-hmm. um, I, mean, I had already, I knew what my decision was, but hearing that made it okay for me. If that makes any sense. And and that, and that's why I made that episode because I made my mind up a long time ago what I was going to do and what I wasn't going to do. I don't know if you know by trade I'm an engineer, so a uh, quality engineer. And we don't send experimental product to customers for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hold on. Mm-hmm. If we don't spend, and I won't get into what product we, we sell, but you know what I'm saying? But if we don't sell, sell experimental products to our customers – why the hell do I use an experimental product? Right. That's just sheer scientific <laughs> logic. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not out yeah. of, you know, no. I mean, it's experimental. You know, that that's that that's my issue. So what I did was, I mean, I, I told my mom a long time ago, I'm not doing it. I you know, I know what it, I know what it's gonna cost me. I, I knew where this was gonna get to. Now, I still don't think they're gonna pull this mandate thing off. I think it's a lot of bluff and fluff. Um, See, I they just can saw, shock and fear into it. Well, well, well. What you? I mean, if you're shooting towards your number, the best way to do that is what to scare people, and more people are going to take it. And it's like, well, we got another ten. Squeeze another ten percent out of it, you know, off the bluff. Um, I think that's where they're at with it. I don't really think. Now, I could be wrong, and I might be wrong. I mean, it's a great chance that I'm wrong. Yeah, I think JCD went on the record and said April 2022. What's that? That's, that's that's when he says it'll all be over. He says that COVID will be over. Things will be basically back to normal by April 2022. Because this is a big, I mean, you see, like, I mean, the states have a lot of things to do with it. And then you got to factor in um, um, uh, natural immunity or whatever they call it now. <laughs> they renamed yeah. it. Uh, what, but, what it. Yeah. Manufactured immunity. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I forgot what they call it. Subscription-based immunity. What do they call it? Yeah. Uh, but they've called it, they don't call it natural immunity anymore. They've changed that. Right. So um, you got to factor that in. It's an interesting case that's going oh, on. Infection-based immunity. Isn't that's, that what it's okay. called? That's what yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great name to it, too, to make it sound dirty. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> okay. every time you start something off with infection, it's like, yeah, okay. Like, that's pretty That's pretty smart. I got to get Health through you. infection. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Pretty. So my point is this is that um you have the natural immunity case going on up here at George Mason, which why are you if a person has natural immunity, why are you making them do it? And that's that that's a nuanced argument because the guy said, Hell, I caught it, but if I would, if it had been a vaccine, I would have took it. And he's a he's a he's a lawyer that's pushing this case. He's a well well known lawyer. Uh and I'm following that case very closely. Um then, like, just the states, I mean, you saw Texas, I mean, I just found this out recently, this might be news to a lot of people, but Texas said, no, we're not, um, we're not letting people, our people be mandated in, this, in our state. So now it's like, okay, well, if I got to work, <laughs> will I be, will I be Adam, uh, Adam's neighbor now? You see what I mean? You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's, that might be a real life choice I might to make, but you're not going to make it where I don't, I just don't think that it's going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to buy bread someday. Not in my lifetime. I just don't no. think, um, I don't think they have the the will to do that. 
It's just that, okay, we squeeze out another 10%. And I did another show on this um, called Nocebo Effect um, about COVID and how I think that, well, it's not what I think. It's the opposite of placebo effect. So the same way if you think a medicine is going to help you, it helps you. But if you think something is going to hurt you, then it, it starts to hurt us. Could it be, and this is a crazy, I mean, this is, this is what goes through my brain sometimes. Could it be they're banking on us believing in the vaccine to work so it does have a placebo effect and help with these variants that they created? Is that a plausible scenario? If that was the case, then I'd start wishing real hard to get some superpowers. <laughs> no, I'm saying because that's why they do double blind studies, right? It's for that very reason, because if you mm-hmm. think something's going to help you, a sugar pill, <laughs> it helps you. So like maybe maybe they're looking at like now it's like hey you know what I'm saying like hey this is our only shot to stop all these variants that we jacked we like we screwed up like they know they screwed up it's like but I I ooh. really do think that because uh, you know we've we've all heard the clips on No Agenda where they're talking uh, or they're playing uh, people praising the shots after they've received them and and it's like they've gotten a new leash on life it's it's unlocked the the past year and a half for them like they're finally able to move on with their lives and be protected and they've got this just like boost of energy and they and they they feel like they have superpowers like they're uh immortal or impenetrable <clears throat> could that be due to placebo effect though effect though absolutely yeah <laughs> you, you see what i'm saying totally. like and i think <laughs> after they after they get hit with three days they got to take three days off because it because it screws them up so <clears throat> bad and they go well, man that- i feel great that's the other thing, though, is we all know that they're administering the, the shot room. <laughs> so yes. you can't overcome that fact. <laughs> like, if you're main veining this, I mean, okay, you have all the placebo effect in the world. You're saying you're not going to overcome main veining this. And it's, <laughs> yeah. so many, it's so many variables in this discussion that I just don't think we really know. But like I said, the variants scare me more than anything else. Um, well, it just depends on where on the scale you are on the conspiracy scale, like, if you think that the vaccine is literally designed to kill people, or if you think that, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. If well, I look at, I look at like cigarettes that it's harmful. They knew it was harmful, but you know what? It's, it makes a lot of money and like, eh, well, they smoke, they smoke, they did it themselves. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Uh-huh. I, do you think that tobacco farmers sent out like, you know what? We have this product here that would wipe out, you know what I'm saying, X amount of percent of the population. Well, it would go higher. It would be it, like, no, we're going to get the oils and bankers, and they got a little club that go, you know what would be funny is if we upped the deaths by about 50K this year. Why don't you go and you get the ad guys, da-da-da, and we'll just say that, you know, and they, they muddle it up, but the, it, it all, on the on the street, that's what it's like. Oh, we're making more money. We don't care, whatever. But at the highest, highest level, somebody actually is playing a game. And well, I think I think the main thing they wanted to do was get forty five Savage out the paint. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, that that's they were like, we need to do this at all cost, yeah. Because that goes back to the old gods. The old gods had started winning. I mean, when you see a guy like him, the populist movement, those kind, of, those are reflections of people wanting to go back to to, to traditional values. Mm. You know, and it's like we can't let him win another term. And when I say we, that's the whole political apparatus. They're like, we cannot afford to let him be in there for four more years without being beholden to anybody, right? And I think the the one thing that really did him in was uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying because that gave the the other side, I mean his side, the green light to say, yeah, 
We don't need him anymore. You understand? We got what we needed from him. We got our tax cuts. We got our three justices. So, you know, we can, we'll let you have the election. They use COVID as the excuse and, mm. and, um, and they, they listen to Trump some very smart people. Doing his little rallies here and there, but they let him do his thing. But he's not really a threat to anybody anymore. Right. And he, and he really did. I don't think he really wanted to win. I Would you want this mess? Win. Would you want to be owner of this mess now? I mean, just think about it. It's, he could have put up a bigger fight if he wanted to. I mean, like I said, this is all speculation on my part, but just my perception of it is like this guy is very um, outspoken, but he just kind of went away like, okay, you got me. Okay, you got me. Like, <laughs> uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing, like uncle. Yeah, yeah. And just oh, like kind of walked away. He was like, yeah. nah, I'm going to let Joe hold this bag because this thing is going to stink um, in another year or two. Well, he got tired of it. I mean, four years of what he went through, it's just like, hey. At a certain point, you got to realize you're not getting it done. You can literally be the president of the United States and get nothing done. <laughs> well, you because... could do it if you turned yourself literally into a dictator, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank God Biden isn't doing that, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what an inauguration that was. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I guess I, I, guess I don't want to derail the conversation, but I mean, that's this is the, these are the kind of things I pay attention to in this. When things are super convenient, it makes me question it. It's like, well, that that happened very easily, or they can't be that dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, those kind of of scenarios. That's that's what stinks the highest of all is is when something happens really easily. So, yeah, man, people work their whole lives and they'll never get anywhere close to that. That just happened. Like the the whistleblower lady for Facebook. Like, man, that whole situation really just presented itself so easily and quickly, didn't it? And everybody just like hopped to react to it, and yeah, everyone's talking. So let me about ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. So it's like, are you guys married, or girlfriends, or significant others, or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to well, assume well, your uh, preference or gender. I mean, like that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, but if your girlfriend or your wife tells you, like, hey, why don't you go out with your boys this weekend? <laughs> Wait, what? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> come and say what? <laughs> you can like, too much. Why don't you get nah, it? Nah, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> you want me to do the dishes? You know what I'm saying? Like, now you're to figure out like, what does she know that you don't know? Or, you know, that's how we got to look at these things when people just roll over and just say uncle so easily. We it's know. like, okay, what's the, what's the other shooter drop? Like, what did you find out? Who you been talking to? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, She's like, yeah. no, I just want you to go out with your friend and have a good time. You've really been having a long, you know, you had a long week. It's like, no, nah, I'm really not going now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you look so good today. Right. Man, here, here, I made you this here. Why don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we actually, so have, the- we actually have exclusive audio of what's going on inside of her head. When she asked that. Welcome <laughs> to your doom. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Like, don't don't go, fellas. If she suggested, do not go. Like, no. Uh, so, yeah, nothing nothing in life comes easy. Or the the big stuff you get. It's, yeah, all these Biden. God, I hate it. Sorry, I get flustered when I think about it. Uh, before we go, and that's the point, though. I mean, that's the point. That's exactly the point of it. That's the point yeah. of it all. It's to exhaust that you, it, really. It, 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 it mentally exhausts you, which honestly, that what can possibly make you sicker. And that's why I'm on this yeah. whole vibe that I'm on that, bro, I'm not, life is good. I mean, like, if, if you live in a certain paradigm, like, if the world, whole world could be burning down around us, right? I mean, which it could possibly be happening right now. But 
Bro, it's people that lived through the Civil War. It's people that lived through World War II. It's people, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To enjoy their life. You know, uh, you on got the, family. On, you got a roof over your head. Like, you know. We you, ate You're today. doing pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got internet. You know, we got all kind of. We got heat. Just, we got AC. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so on that on that note it's like I'm I'm good then like I'm yeah. I'm not tripping over anything you're not gonna steal my joy um living well it, it is the get, best way to get revenge on these people that's yep. the best way and that's why they get so irked when they see college football games and rallies and it's like what are they doing out having a good time like I thought we you know they're supposed to be shut up in the house being scared. And yeah. they see people at these football games or enjoying whatever they like to do, bikers or whatever. You're saying those, do you know those things that oh, they, these, these are super spreader events. It's like you know, um, uh, no, these people are out having a good time, living life. Like Deaf is going to have to catch me. That's how they're. That's their kind of attitude. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing I try to bring into the world is not the doom and gloom kind of thing because it's, it's abundant. Um, so I kind of always zig when they want you to zag kind of thing. So, mm. Yeah, that's that's another thing about the vibe. You do that, uh, Adam and Johnny, that we try to do that. We, we talk about very dark topics at times, mm-hmm. but it's it always comes from a place of education and it always comes from a place of, uh, you know, m- moving forward or being positive about it or just acknowledging it, awareness, you know, but don't let it ruin your life. Don't, don't. Don't hate people. Don't go out there and, you know, be bitter. Yeah. Just understand that this is how the world works. This is how people work. And, you know, just try to be on top of it so that you don't get taken advantage of. And uh, Basically the bottom line. This show wouldn't have started if it hadn't have been for the shutdowns last year. And, and just look look at what happens now. I look at everybody that's hanging out in the chat room. I'm here with my boy Lavish. We have Mo Facts here tonight. Uh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play the the old tired card of it happened for a reason, but I <laughs> I do think it happened for a reason, you know. And yeah. and and if you want to say on the flip side of that, maybe it didn't happen for a reason, but make a reason for it happening. You see what I'm saying? Um, and that's like what Bruce was saying. Like even if it didn't happen for a reason, this is a great opportunity for people like you know our age. I don't want to assume your age. I'm 40 years old to say you know what. This is a chance to try that one thing I always wanted to try. Like, it's going to be people open restaurants and businesses and all kind of things that they would have been scared to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, they might have been stuck in a cubicle for the next 20 years of their life, right? Just, you know, because this, this is a great job. You know, that kind of thing. I, I can't. It's a calculation just to say, you know, I, I can't leave this job. But some people on the other side of this is going to be have better off lives than if they stayed at their job. Now, of course, it's going to mm-hmm. suck for some people too, but I mean, it's some people that are just like miserable at their jobs and just like, wow, like this is a new lease on life, even though it's scary, even though it's not, it's not for certain, it's not promised, but just waking up that if it does go through, say the mandate happens and you don't have a job, you know, Monday morning. Okay. Now what? Okay. Now I'm back in the game. Now I'm living, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's a great opportunity to recreate yourself. Um, I, I think if that's, if that's what you choose to do. And if you choose to take the shot, that's your choice too. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I don't get on it. Cause it's like, it's, it's a guy out here with five or six kids and he doesn't have that many prospects and he has to take the shot. I pray for him that pray that he gets the placebo. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I really do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's my prayer for him. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, I hope he doesn't get the real juice. Yeah, that saline you know, shot. Um, Give me the saline shot, baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's <laughs> that's my hope for him is like, okay, you had to take it. Because you're saying you have so many responsibilities on your plate. But let's make sure, you know what I'm saying, that he gets the one that doesn't get the the real stuff in it. Yeah, and that you know, ha- so. that happens with uh we started the show out uh, with two other uh fellows, Monty and Malachi, and Malachi was on the show with us not too long ago and he had just went through that that very thing, you know, he he works in the entertainment industry. All the touring shows that are coming through require all staff and personnel. So he felt like he had no other options but to do it because he has a a young daughter that you know, and, and a wife. Um mm-hmm. That he's got to provide for, and uh, you know, I I've never blamed him. I never blame anybody for wanting to do it. Um, I just, you know, I really loathe the fact that they're forced into even having to make that decision. Everybody, which we go to back to, it. which we go back to the original conversation. It's that he's he's he should have the right to pro choice, mm-hmm. not not anti vax or pro vax. No, let's not let's take that off the table. He's a he's a he's been impacted by the lack of choice, and that's the conversation that we need to have. And we will have far more allies that way, because mm-hmm. if you make it pro pro vax anti vax, now he's throwing him on the side that he doesn't even want to be on. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I don't even want to be here, but I had to do what I had to do. You know what I'm saying? But if you mm-hmm. make it pro choice, he's still pro choice. It, it takes an even weirder turn. Like I. Maybe it was maybe I'd heard about it before because it sounded vaguely familiar. But when you were talking about the Gila cells with Henrietta mm-hmm. Lacks, I mean, my floor was my my floor was on the jaw. My jaw was <laughs> on the floor. Like I, I was just so blown away that you know not only does some form of human immortality exist, but within minutes they jacked it and then turned a huge profit off of it. By taking this woman, for anyone that's not familiar, Henrietta Lacks, uh, 1950s, I believe, is when she passed away. That's correct. Uh, from uh, uh, Baltimore. Yes, uh, John Hopkins. John Hopkins. And uh, yeah, Johns Hopkins. That John. Son of a John Hopkins. Johns Hopkins. Hopkins. Gah, I forget it too. Which is also featured. I think they were one of the authors of the Spars 2025 2028. Uh, Dude, they're they're the worst. They're behind. <laughs> They know <laughs> Johns Hopkins poor, was poor, a son of a bitch. Yeah, but poor Johns Hopkins, he's rolling over his gray like, what, what are y'all doing in my name up there? You're saying like I wasn't that bad. <laughs> John Hopkins, yeah. John, he's like, yeah, it's a nasty scheme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Henrietta, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she developed a cancer uh, that was. A super hardcore onset mm-hmm. and she ended up passing away within like eight days of being diagnosed right and um you know when they she had when, a, a, go ahead, go ahead. well uh you know they they ended up taking a, a a sample from her culture and uh they found that the the cells were still living and not only living but dividing outside of her own body um it's i mean it's not it's the essence of her it's that that physical piece of her it might not be her of a mental or emotional or spiritual capacity but it's still her it's her cells 
And and Oprah is just dishing it out. It's like you get some Hela cells and you get some Hela cells. Like that might be the creepiest thing I have ever heard on a show. I'm sorry for creeping you out that bad, but <clears throat> I, I, but that was. I mean, I love it, but it it's just it's so like there's there's a word past depraved. I and I don't know what that word is, but it's 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 otherworldly. It's it's lack of empathy. Yeah. Like, I mean that, that that's I mean I I look at these people I, and I really feel sorry for them that you can't see the problem with this like really like I mean like think about that like I swerve for squirrels, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean I don't want that on my conscience that I ran over a squirrel. You know what I'm saying? Like so <laughs> yeah, that you lack that. Okay, you're gonna put millions of people out of work. And you're okay with this. Or are you going to steal somebody's genetic, you know what I'm saying, property and make millions off of billions and trillions of dollars off of it and don't even like break her family in? It's I mean, it's, it could be that could have been a wonderful story if they did it the right yeah. way. Like, you know what? She died, but guess what? She's saving so many lives, but the way they did it was so jacked up. That you know, dirty. and they make it always seem like, oh, we just took a pinch of Henrietta. No, <laughs> as soon as that lady was dead, y'all carved her up and sent her to the four corners of the earth. I mean, mm. let's just be honest, you know. And that's, I, I know that sounds grotesque, but we had to see it in that way because that's how they did it. But they want to say, oh, we just took a pinch of her, you know. And no, that's not how this works. And, and they um. used her. They they test all sorts of medication on these HeLa cells. Uh, I've I, I think a lot of cancer research is done with them. Oh, they're insanely important to medical research. They really. developed the fucking COVID nineteen vaccines with them. Like, I just, it's so they're incredibly disturbing. Yeah, for some reason, I learned about that in school. They actually told us about her in school, uh, Henrietta Lacks. But uh, but most people, I'm, I'm sure, don't hear about that. Yeah, they told you the narrative for her. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say. Like, oh, lady died and. We took a well, yeah, they didn't tell me like you know the way you frame it, which is the, the right way, which is like, well, they she had to go to the hospital and they get to do whatever they want because there's like a welfare type of thing going on or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. the understanding with the hospital, the uh, knife or a pill, right? Like <laughs> that's that's the only choice that they have for us is knife or pill, man. Yeah, uh, and so obviously you don't get that angle in school. Uh, but it is disturbing, though, to think that there's somebody who's just still alive in a way, immortal in a way. It's it's fun. And what else products is, are she is she in? That's the question we need to ask. Like this lab-grown meat is that Henrietta? <laughs> like you know that they I mean, looked like, at it. You know they looked at it. They were like, "Oh, how do we do this?" If we, can I mean, because it grows itself, beef. right? It's like, so do we have immortal cows out here? What's what? What is what? Are, what are we? Are they trying to give cows cancer? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking, like, what, are, what is this? You know, what, all, what all product is she in? And that's, that's a crazy way to even think about that, though. But I, um, I'm, I don't remember exactly, but I think that they just, use, these are just standard cells that they use in like everything. You, you right. That's what I'm saying. So if that's stuff. the case with magic meat, <laughs> it's like yeah. lab grown meat is that hidden redder. You know what I'm saying? Like, are, are we? <laughs> and, 
we got a lot of smart people out here uh, <laughs> that listen to us. Can we get an answer on that? Like, is is the basis of that lab grown meat? We do have a couple of chemists uh, that listen to the show. So if you if you'd like to enlighten us, please do. That'd be messed up right there. Now that'd be jacked up. Like, yeah, I mean, think of that cannibalism magic on a mass scale in that regards. Holy <laughs> Jesus, dude! That Soylent Green evolved the next level. Soylent Green that grows itself. Yeah, Soylent Green New Deal. <laughs> Where's my sticky note? Where's Ugh. my mail? <laughs> it's not a good situation. <laughs> but you know what? That's how we get over this. Um, is to mock it. That's yeah. the best way that we win this information war, which we're in. We're dead. We're in the dead set in the middle of an information war. And I'm so glad that I have a purpose in fighting in part. You know what I'm saying? Fighting this. If it's nothing but getting on for three hours or coming here with you guys and laughing about it and mocking it to how ridiculous it is, um, that's how you really reach people. That's why mm-hmm. comedy, that's why they want to kill comedy. I mean, comedy is a is under attack. Like, don't I mean, don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? It's just not like oh, a yeah. casualty. It's not like it's just always oh, just a casualty of the woke war or whatever. No, it's a direct target. Because, it's a rival to woke right. culture. Because if you mock it, then it's like you know what? That doesn't make any sense. Like that is stupid. You know, what? <laughs> um, with memes and stuff, and that's the greatest thing. Like with memes, they they can't do anything with memes because of the nuance in a meme. Like it's just a picture and a couple of words. And that that machine learning doesn't know what to do with it. It's like, okay, I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, like the <laughs> Spider-Man making this point at each other, right? When you post that, it's like the, the like the smart AI is like, what do you want me to do with this? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what he means by posting this. Biden e- eating ice cream. I don't know what what look. Like. <laughs> the AI was like, they all look like feds to me. <laughs> <laughs> can't even do the capture you can't even get past that first part so that's how we that's how we combat this is just to mock it and meme it and and just show how ridiculous it is and eventually the masses are going to catch on i mean it's just like with anything else it's like what like that doesn't make any sense once you get out of your reptilian brain it's like that doesn't make any sense that you're making people do this or that or whatever you're put your whatever narrative you're pushing I don't want to speak for lavish, but uh, I've certainly settled into the notion that what we're looking at when it comes specifically to COVID is mass hypnosis. Uh, again, no agendas played a lot of clips about it. We, I, I found uh, what was his name? Bjorn. Was it, that was a great episode. But oh uh, yes, Bjorn Bjorgensen. But uh, you know, it's that uh, suggestion, repetition, and emotion. So, you know, what would be the counter therapy to hypnosis? What's anti-hypnosis look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big common thread between our shows, I think, guys. We we love to talk about spells and Mm -hmm. the power of language, power of repetition, the power of just if you say it, it'll be true. Enough people will think it's true as long as you say it. And, uh, and let me demystify witchcraft for a minute because <clears throat> I throw that term around. So when people that may listen to the show, they might hear me use that term. All that is is control. 
At the right. end of the day, when somebody casts a spell on you, right? I mean, like a sleeping spell or a love spell, it's that they want you to feel a certain way. They want to control the way you feel. Now, it might not be like uh, casting a spell, like with a pot of brew. You're know saying like a pot and throwing Newt's eyes and all that kind of stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. that they concoct a story or a narrative or, you know, some kind of uh, manipulation uh, to control you into thinking the way they want you to think. And that's that's what, like I said, that's what we're under now. It's like mass fear. It's like, oh, you're going you're gonna to die. But it's like, but when you mock that, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, by, by your narrative, then why do you do A, B, and C then? Because that's counter to what your narrative is. You just point, you just leave it there. It's like, um, we'll just go like with nine eleven. That was another psyop that we went through. I mean, I, I'm not gonna get mm-hmm. to what because I don't know. But what, one of the things you ask people like, you know, how they found out who they found who was in the planes? They know their passport. Oh, and yeah, you just leave that. Oh, you, no, but ground. you just leave it there with them. <laughs> you just leave that there with them, and they're like, huh? It's like, uh, yeah, the passport. That's how we found out who did it. And it's like you say it with the seriousness. <laughs> it's like, hold on, we melted iron. And pulverize and powderize concrete, but this damn passport is still there. It's like we need to build whatever we made passports <laughs> out of. We need, we need to build buildings out of it, you know, and planes, you know, everything. Yeah, and planes. But so if you try to say, if you try to get them into, oh, you know, steel melts at this temperature, and you know, the car, you know, jet fuel is nothing but kerosene, you know, and but if mm. you go that route, you're gonna lose them. But if you just hit them with that one like unbelievable fact, it's like like w, um, WTC seven, right? Just ask yeah. them. It's like two, two, okay, two planes, three buildings. Make that okay. No, you don't yeah, ask them a exactly. question. Just like do that math, uh, and then they'll just <laughs> math is racist. Okay, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I'm just saying. But that's how you. You can't browbeat people. You just give them some one little factoid. Just the, it's the pee in the mattress, right? Uh, not the P E E, but the P E A. <laughs> the pee in the mattress of that makes you uncomfortable, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I was really curious where you were about. To we take were really that. heating up there. <laughs> <laughs> this is not look. This is not the Russia. Uh, <laughs> this is not the uh, Russia tapes. You know what I'm saying? No, it's the, it's the the P E A, like the princess, right? She couldn't sleep all night because somebody had put a P in her mattress, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? And it's like you hit them with that one little thing, like here's the passports at 9/11. Now, do with that what you may, and then people will come back to you, be like, that don't make sense, and it's like, oh, now you're ready to learn grasshopper. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> But then there are people you go, oh, that doesn't make sense. And they go, well, don't question it. Right? Were you a conspiracy theorist? Come on. And that's the, they don't even get to the, that part of going, huh, that is weird. They'll never get there. They will eventually. I mean, I don't care how much. A lot of people will. I don't care how much you, they want to play it all. But that's what that, what that, I believe that is, is just to be uncomfortable of now I have to question stuff and you just ruined my happy life. Yeah. You see, like, you know, um, I tell people all the time, it's like, if you're sound asleep and somebody comes in and starts shaking and yelling, you're probably going to attack them. <laughs> right. Just out of like, what the hell's going on? You know what I'm saying? You don't wake people up that way, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
That, that's a good. Shoes. I like that. That's a good <laughs> metaphor. Similarly, that's good. <laughs> you just give him a nice little shake. Like here's here's the passports. All right, I'm I'm going now. I'm leaving. <laughs> put on a little music. You know. Yeah, I get you. I like it. Just hit him in the mouth. While or sleeping. just hit him in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you dump cold water on their head. <laughs> you, you, you know why I stopped doing that? Because I'm not I'm not acting like I was perfect, and I didn't do that. But when you see the people go the other way, like they go from completely asleep to like, like we were talking about Jumantri and that kind of thing. It's like, oh, do you see that? Do you see that? Oh, do you see that? It's like, yeah, do you see yeah, that? Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I created a monster. Then they're overwhelmed. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, easy there, easy there, bucko. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just relax. You know what I'm saying? Everything is not a conspiracy. Like, it easy. takes a while to get to, to be the Zen conspiracy theorist that, you know, you should be. Where Well, no, none of us here are conspiracy theorists. You know, we don't no. That will put us on a list. Yeah. <laughs> we here behind the schemes do not condone lists. No, no lists. No lists, okay? Stay away. Stay away, lists. Um, no, I'm just saying, but the, I've, I've seen people go that route. It's like, well, I didn't. That's not what I wanted either. Um, it, 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 it's easy. I mean, there's still as much as sh- shit tries to get buried on the internet. There's avenues of finding exactly what you want to find. And I mean, when when I was really getting into like uh, Grimerica and Tinfoil Hat a couple of years ago, uh, Jamie Deluxe to name another one. I mean, I went hard. I went really hard. I went to an unhealthy place with it and. You know, just like anything, too much, you'll make yourself sick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely pushed myself mentally and emotionally. I was just like, I couldn't stop consuming and fretting and worrying, you know. You'll turn into and, Alex Jones. Just and that, But you know what? I, I think you don't. I think he has it. He understands it. He gets it. You know what I'm saying? He gets up mm-hmm. there and he laughs. Like, I mean... He understands, like, I mean, he could be very serious at times, but at other times, it's like, let me make a mockery out of this. Because, I mean, it's... He's better at that now, yeah. Yeah. He used to just you, be, you know. You, but, you'll burn yeah. out, like um, like uh, Boo was saying, that you'll burn out. I mean, you yeah. you will burn out on truth. Or like, I mean, you're doing, like, straight cutting straight lines of truth, you know what I'm saying, like, three in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> why am Sucking I down this Right, so it's like no, uh, uh-uh. uh, I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole for a little bit, tether myself, uh, and then I'm gonna come back out of it, and I'm gonna live everyday life. And this is then it becomes just a exercise, and just like, hmm, that's interesting. And that's kind of like what the show is, or what I do. I'll mm-hmm. go down a rabbit hole for people. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm kind of like paid to do. I'm like your your official rabbit hole guy, right? You just I'll go down the <laughs> rabbit hole. I'll collect all the data, you know what I'm saying, make it sure it's nice and clean and sanitized, and then I'll bring it back to you where you can just, like, have it boiled down into a three-hour episode, and then you can go back to your everyday life. You know, um, mm. because I've been there. I mean, I'm serious that, um, like, when you look at, like, my thing was holidays. It's like when you start looking into the <laughs> the actual occult meanings behind holidays. I mean, I was oh. a big Christmas guy, right? Um before that and like well, I remember one Christmas I was just so angry that nobody was listening to me that you know what the Christmas tree really meant and you know what you know <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pissed Sun worship. I'm serious 
And you said, God damn. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, look at you with that Nimrod tree. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm over here steaming. I'm over here like, f- like fuming mad. Mm-hmm. And it manifests itself into sickness. Um, to the point, you know what I'm saying, where I, I got an infection. Seriously. And that's why I said, like, don't don't go that route either. I mean, and then it's like, you know what, bro? Like, let the kids have Christmas. All right. I mean, it's, it's gonna be all right. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not, you know what I'm saying? They're not um sacrificing Yule logs to Nimrod, you know what I'm saying? So relax. No. Um We're not we're not burning anyone. We're just we're just giving presents. We we, we really give miss is what it is. It's like you celebrate gift miss. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, like <laughs> it's just an excuse to give your kids stuff. You know, just you get that joy. You wake up in the morning, you see your kids all you know, that's right. What so I had to come off of that because I mean I did that for a year and it was like you know what that was the most miserable time of my life <laughs> and that was kind of like when I had an epiphany like you know what like don't become the problem don't don't become the problem sure because you do you you do it initially to help yourself but then at that point you're just hurting yourself you got to right. you got to bring it back. <laughs> Like, uh, here he comes. <laughs> like, <laughs> he comes with his, with his bag of truth. But, and you be dead on. That's the thing about it. And it's just like, and what'll happen is you'll crush somebody. Like, you'll just steamroll them with a bunch of facts. Like, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Just, and they're sitting there like, like, well, Christmas is ruined. <laughs> like, either they'll say, oh, you're crazy, or you'll make them crazy. Mm. Um, and the the worst off is when you make them crazy because then you can see your friends like going down that hole and it's like, oh, there's a 33. Oh, there's a one eye. There's a pyramid. <laughs> there's a, you know what I'm saying? Do you know about Jekyll Island? You know, I don't believe in anything anymore. And it's like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry I did that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till I tell you about the moon. All right, right. What moon? Hey, oh. tell you about the. Let's tell you about the dome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I heard. I heard that sound, and apparently, it's a circuit bird, a circuit board Earth. Oh, <laughs> with a firmament. Yeah, an electric firmament. It's cool. That's that. That's another buy. Bi- that was another binary thing they hit the truther community with. That it was like. It don't matter to me because I'm not leaving it. So it could be flat, trapezoid, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever you want it to be. It's like, <laughs> ain't none of us leaving it. So it's like, what's the point of even discussing it? Um, I'll tell you why I think the the, the earth is flat. Mm-hmm. Because the, the grand scheme of things is compared to a chessboard. You know, the, the big movers and shakers, they move the pieces around and we kind of assume that we are the pieces, the pawns and whatnot, but I think I think that game gets played on top of us. Like we are the board and that's mm-hmm. why it is flat. That makes sense. Hmm. Okay. So but like I, I would tell 3D chess why. literally doesn't exist <laughs> is what you're saying. You can't play 3D chess. Okay, sorry. Just wanted to confirm that. Please continue. Sorry, Mo. No, I'm just saying like I mean but I saw a lot of people in the truther community get divided over this. Um yeah, because a lot of people was like, "Bro, don't go there." Not out of they didn't believe you, but it's like you're gonna make it sound crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like I'm I'm crazy, but I ain't that crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that that kind of thing. And then the other one was just like, "Bro, oh, you're scared. You're scared to go. You're scared to go that far. You know that kind of thing." And it's just, yeah, yeah, you get I think, like, divisions. It was, a, it, was it was a psyop. It was a psyop that divided. Well, that's what I saw with. Uh, I don't know if you followed the the QAnon thing. 
too too closely, but there was a lot of that where there were people that were really into it, you know, oh, Trump's going to arrest everybody any day now, you know, all this crap. 80% of the people were there just checking it out going, you know, this is dumb. This isn't going to happen. This is funny. I do believe that they could do some of the stuff, but, you know, whatever. It wasn't any day. It was uh, specifically two weeks, I believe. Two weeks. Oh, yes, two weeks. (laughs) Yes, in two weeks, this will come out. This document will come out. You know, we've got pictures of Robert Mueller with a goat, you know, whatever. And it just never, it's just over and over. Is that the the former prime minister of the United Kingdom in the background? What's going on here? Oh, my man, Dave Cameron. He does like uh, pork. (laughs) <laughs> but the first <clears throat> any any big truth truther would know you're never going to catch bigfoot you, i mean you're never going to do it i mean that's just no. like i mean you just have to accept that fact that even though you know that he exists you're never going to catch him so i mean like that was mm-hmm. like you could tell it was a lot of newbies you know what I'm saying and to the truth yeah. the community it's like this is too easy like we were talking about before go back you know what I'm saying to the previous comment this is too easy like mm-hmm. y'all are making it too easy nah uh-uh like, uh, you know, um, we we saw these things happen before. It's like it's it's too nice packaged, uh, bow on top kind of thing. It's like, nah, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not buying that. It's too, I, it's too easy. My my one of my theories, hypotheses, is that so much of what we read on the internet is just robots on everything on Reddit mm-hmm. on whatever Twitter. Just like half half the crap you read, more than half the crap you read was not written by a real person. It was written by maybe it was written by someone who's paid or some algo that's just supposed to spit stuff out. But I really think half of it's fake. It's like birds, right? People say birds are fake. This is my mm-hmm. birds are fake thing. You know, half people. Well, I mean, you were, you were talking about Twitter though. You said you hated it. I, I'm not on Twitter. You- you get but, a lot of that on Twitter. Yeah. For whatever you say, there's a counter argument out there for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, in the, in the, it doesn't matter. You can say the sky is blue. Somebody's going to come in and be like, nope, no, it's not. No, it's not. Actually, yeah. You're going to so, get five people coming in and telling you, actually. Right. Yeah. So that's the that's the kind of thing what you're talking about is now is that I'm sure they could definitely create an algorithm to say, oh, send this response if somebody says this, right? I mean, because that's kind of what Siri does. Like, or troll farms. <laughs> Where they got right. people, they just got buildings full of people that do that. I mean, it, it happens. People, they pay because that's how they control. That's the, there's a lot of power and influence in that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to 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 create trends, to create trends on Twitter and Reddit. I mean, that's that's how you that's how you rule the world now. TikTok trends. Mm-hmm. What was yeah. the name of that? Uh, there was the group of uh, online users. It was like the Fifty Cent Army. Fifty Cent Army, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was like cyber warriors working for the uh, Communist Party of China. Yeah, uh, uh, police and um, oh, there was one real weird scheme that they were doing. Like they would say super outlandish, offensive stuff to like derail conversations and whatnot. Uh, like rail on foreigners coming into their country, just like. You know, super aggressive, racist. Yeah, rhetoric. just engage in hostility. Like, and did you see this? We've talked about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's Reddit page, right? Reddit <laughs> she was account. like one of the top mods or something crazy, right? Yeah, did you hear about this? Ghislaine <laughs> Maxwell gets caught with her with her Reddit account, 
And she's doing this exact stuff that we're talking about, where she's just like copy and pasting uh, agenda narratives over and over and over. Well, actually, here's not, you know, just pretending to be somebody who like cares about stuff. <laughs> and then there you go. She gets put away, and all of a sudden, that account is no longer active. Uh, but, anyway. uh, but yeah, they, like I said, they they just want to keep us divided. That's yeah. the whole point. Because I mean, if you if you're the super minority in the world, the one percent, you can't let people start uh, not be divided. That that'll end up pretty bad for you pretty fast. <laughs> you know what I'm like, yeah, you know what? We have a lot more in common than we have in common with them. So uh, maybe we should click up with each other. And it's like, no, that's bad for business because then we'll start comparing notes and see who's really screwing with our heads. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I say is this, just like, bro, just like eat, drink, be merry. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like to be honest with you, I'm that's, I know it's oversimplified, but if you live that way, enjoy every meal that you sound and have, you know, you enjoy that glass of wine that you have at the end of the day. If you enjoy, you know what I'm saying, the sun shine on your skin and, the flowers and those kind of things. And I know it sounds very hippie-ish, but you'll realize how good of a life you have, you know, um, most people. Now, we all have trials and tribulations and those kind of things, but for the most part, you know, being alive, <laughs> that's nine-tenths of the problem right there. Let me saying just being here. Uh, then we've had to figure out the rest of it. But, mm. yeah, man. That's, that's what, they want us to be doom and gloom, and I, I, I won't doom out. I won't do that. One of my uh, favorite Warren Zevon quotes is, enjoy every sandwich. (laughs) There's nothing better than a sandwich, bro. (laughs) No, I'm I'm serious. And this this is kind of like, I did the Bill Cosby episode. um, And one of the things that I got from the Cosby show was, I don't know if you watched it or not, but he would, like, the house would be quiet. The kids would all be off somewhere. The wife would be off somewhere. And he would sit down and fix his cold cut. And these chips and like a soda. And it's like, you know what? Like, really? There's nothing better than that. Like, the house is empty, quiet. You got the football game on. You got a nice cold cut, sandwiches, fresh chips. And it's mm-hmm. just like, man, this is the, this is living. Like, I'm, and it's the simplest thing for me. Mm-hmm. But that's living for me. Like, man, this is the best ever. Um, Like I said, that's just. If you enjoy those kind of little things, then man, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take yeah. much to have a good life. And that's a that's a strength that every person can have. You know, that's something you can do for yourself any time of the day if you get mm-hmm. it in you. Just take that time for yourself. Yeah. Some and people that, it's their bath. Some women for women it's like their bath. It's like don't bother yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, cow's gonna <laughs> take me away. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. You you see those commercials, you will laugh and like how silly is that? But it's just like you've looked forward to this all day or all week, and here it is. You're saying you have that one thing that you enjoy out of life. Hey, mm. kind of sounds like you're talking about behind the schemes, <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it's, it's, everybody has their thing. I mean, that's that's uh, that's your joy. That's your pleasure. Mm. Yeah, I uh, you know you've been incredibly gracious with your time. Uh, you know, we, we've we've overshot the what we were originally discussing by about 20 minutes ish or so. Um, so I, I definitely want to go ahead and, and thank you now. Um, mm-hmm. 
there was one last super uh, critical question that I wanted to ask you about. If if you have the time, I, shoot, I just shoot. Yeah. How do you keep your material straight? How do you process just the you know not not only finding the material but the ways that you string it together? It's you know you're you're meeting the listener, but also blowing their mind at every turn. You know, you cover so much ground, yeah. but you at the same time you give everything enough time. It's 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 a really nice process and flow you have. What you are experiencing is me actually going down the rabbit hole. Um, one link leads me to another link to another video to another link to another video, and I'm just taking snapshots along the way of the trip in the rabbit hole. And the way it, it, the cool thing about it is, my gracious partner Adam. He doesn't know what the hell is going to happen from show to show. And it's like, okay, here he experiences the same thing the listener experiences in real time. So it's like, okay, this is what I found. Um, I never go in it with a narrative. <laughs> That's one thing about it. I never go into the rabbit hole with a narrative. It's like wherever it takes me. And I just collect that information as I go along and know um, – I'm very meticulous in the way I keep track of it. Um, but it's not to the point, oh, let me shape a narrative kind of thing. It's like, let me show that I made this jump to this jump. And like sometimes when I have background clips, it's like sometimes I'm like, I don't know what that is. Or I'll learn something new or a new name or something. It's like, let me go back and figure out who this is. And that's another like tangent off the rabbit hole, right? It's like, okay. Now let me go back to the rabbit hole, you know, um, that kind of thing. So what you're experiencing is like the real-time trip down the rabbit hole. Um, so fascinating. <laughs> it sounds so easy. <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, you know, you know what, though? That that's comes from years and years of doing it for my self-gratification. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. of, of doing it like i mean that i'm i'm uh, i love solving puzzles and and riddles and rhymes and that kind of thing so it's like if i get an itch and that's why the show doesn't really have a rhyme or a reason to it from topic to topic because like hold on why that happen and then i'll just like end up 30 tabs later <laughs> you saying open mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay now I get it, or I think I get it, or you know what? I'm even more confused than I began with, or that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but you know, that's that's what you're experiencing is the, and the cool thing about it is I'm not I'm able to give it to. A, it's not like me and Adam do it together, right? That's the cool thing about because then he has the same questions that the listener has because you all are experiencing it at the same time in real mm. time. It's like oh, like. What do you mean? What does that mean? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, okay, I got a clip for that. <laughs> you know, it's like, hold on, I'll, I'll answer that question for you. And it's just a weird. It's 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 the damnest thing that it's like I said. I can't explain. We can't. It's not something that we sat down with a production meeting and came up with. It's just that he came in with an honest hunger to learn, and I came in with a, like a just a natural curiosity for just. Figuring out what I, why am I, why am I being like tricked or manipulated, and who's behind it, and and at the end of the day, um, that's that's the show. 
that's that's how it works. Hopefully that answers your question. That's um, uh that's <laughs> That uh, more than answers my question, and uh, I think that's exactly what I want to try and run with uh, going, <laughs> going forward from here, because I'm the opposite. I'll go and I'll just find everything that I can on the subject, throw it into a big bucket, and then spend like four days trying to, as quickly as I can, go through it all in one fell swoop. And then that's how I end up, and I've put this on lavish so many times i'm like hey mm-hmm. i've got 60 clips i'm getting ready to bash over the side of your face <laughs> <laughs> sit down for the next three hours <laughs> and it happens i mean it does happen that way but just keeping the flow of your natural um path like you know because if you just throw it all in one bucket you don't get the same flow you know what i'm saying you don't get the right. same how how you actually got to that point A to point B to point C to point D, it, you know what I'm saying? You There's might no jump over to it, yeah, right. But if you just say, okay, this is where curiosity led me, and um, uh, that's that's kind of how I did it. That's how I do it, and it's just I enjoy doing it. I mean, uh, shouts out to my boy E class, but this is like kind of like which he was my first Adam. Like it was just but in, in like in a group chat with some of my friends. And it's like, man, that's bull crap. And I'll be like, hit him like, okay, what about this? And then what about this? And then what about this? And that what kind of how like the linear thing came about is like you have to get a person to see like, hey, all of this can't be coincidence. Um, so yep. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how the, the show comes along. But um <clears throat> everybody can go down a rabbit hole. That's the that's the cool thing about it. And it's so many different ones that go down. Um that's still uh, the name of the game with your your show, man. It's rabbit hole after rabbit hole. You pick mm-hmm. any one thing and just go on forever. And like I said, and the cool thing about it is my co-host, Adam, trusts me enough to say, I'm going to walk into this show and I don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He has no clue. I mean, I send him the clips maybe like 20 minutes before we get ready to record. He has no clue about what it's pretty about. brave of him. I guess said it, it's a very brave thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's a very um, walking cold. And, and it's a very good faith uh, sign of good faith. Yeah, yeah. It shows that he trusts you, and yeah, right. That's, that's a good thing and to have. It's mutual trust because, like, I'm not going to put you in a position. You know what I'm saying? With discussing something you might be uncomfortable with. Mm. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's sure, like sure. okay. Because you've, you've said that before about value for value, that even though we, we can talk about whatever we want, we can't talk about whatever we want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, you can. I mean, it's a proper way to do anything, but right. it, it's out of a place of I want you to experience what I experience. Not mm-hmm. I'm not going to stack the deck to, you know what I'm saying, prove that I'm right. You know, that kind of thing. It's because sure. I'm, and it's not, I don't really think. It's not that I'm right about anything. It's the fact that I pay attention to everything. And when I say that, I actually pay attention to everything. And that's not every every piece of information, but across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I go from far left to far right. Um, that way I can get a, you know what I'm saying, a full understanding of how, of empathy really, of, okay, how did that person think like that? Um a full spectrum perspective. Yes. Yeah, well-rounded knowledge, which is something that is people don't value anymore. Yeah, because they want they want their binary thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> they want give me more facts. Give me more facts that prove that I'm right. <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> you stacking it on this one scale and letting the other one go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm glad you all enjoy it. Um, and it, it's, I mean, I'm glad people appreciate the work that I do because I do put a lot of work into it. I hope that translates that. You know, um, I really care what that people get enjoyment out of it, not to be doomed and gloomed out. Uh, I know I said that word like 50 times, but that's never my goal because uh, you could always doom people out. But it's like, man, people got to live in this world after your three-hour show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's not cool to leave them, you know, on a low note. So, and there are a lot of shows that do, unfortunately, do that. They have that sort of vibe. A lot of conspiracy shows, especially, that are just anger and vitriol. Mm-hmm. And it's not enjoyable to listen to. It could be once or twice, but I mean, to, to have something that you look forward to. I mean, I, I look forward to MoFax, man. When you, when you we, drop an episode, one or two days max before I get that thing we, going. And we have a ball. I'm mean, like, me and Adam have a ball making it. I mean, like, I know, seriously. It's, it, it, you hear us is like laughing and like <laughs> riffing with each other. And it's it's like I said, it's just. It's something I don't think you couldn't sit down with a team of people and like plan what we came up with, mm. um, because he brings a certain skill set to the table that can't. It's just invaluable, and then my newness to the whole process made me like just say, okay, why can't we do it this way? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he, he, like he didn't say, okay, this is what podcasting is. You got to have this and this and this, and he's all the fun. You know, he's like, okay, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, cool. You know what I'm saying? And if you, you hear it grow, like from, it not, I always encourage people to go back to show one and listen, and you hear how it, you know, how it started to take shape over those um, first few episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I, it takes a bit of running I, room. I went back and I re-listened to uh, Black Ink, which was one of the ones that really sold me because uh, it wasn't even through no agenda that I had found you. It was the Grimerica episode that she did. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That was a great, that was a great episode too. Yeah. Um, these guys are awesome. Hopefully we'll mm-hmm. uh, have them on next month. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the black ink, uh, black ink episode, it was the first one that uh, it was the Malcolm X uh, clip that you used to go into the first donation segment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first time that uh, that you had presented it to Adam. I was like, "Oh, well, that's that's cool. It's it's become a feature of the show." <laughs> well, it explained what we were doing in hindsight. Like, it's not like we had that clip and said, "Okay, let's emulate this." It's like we were mm-hmm. doing it, and I find this clip that I had never heard, even my for myself, I had never heard that clip before, and I was like, "Holy crap! That's what we're doing. We're sitting down to a table, putting offenses to the side, and having an honest conversation." Um, and getting rid of the binary thinking, right? And, and finding that nuance, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's like I said, it's just, it's, it's magic, man. It's like, I mean, not in that sense, but you know what I'm saying. But it's just magical that I don't know. I didn't know Adam for a can of paint, and now here we are. You know what I'm saying, sitting down and, and doing this together, and it's like, wow, like it's just, it's amazing, you know. And you know what? And that's why I hope for anybody that's getting mandated right now. Find find something you love to do, and I know that sounds very. But even if it's only to do it as a hobby to take your mind off of what you're going through, everybody should have some enjoyment out of life, and that's what I I I enjoy. I enjoy what I do, um, 
So I hope everybody can find that in life is doing something that they really enjoy to do. That's how you fight back the new world order. <laughs> yep. That's how you beat them. <laughs> like, don't do me well, out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a, that's a great message to go on. I think. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we definitely don't want to keep you up any, any longer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm not sure how lavish you're feeling, but, uh, maybe, a uh, intermission and, uh, we can have like the after sweet podcast smoke break or something <laughs> for the second, second <laughs> half. <laughs> The cigarette in bed. Uh, <laughs> the cigarette in bed. <laughs> but like I said, I appreciate you all having me uh, on on your platform, and you're more than welcome to come over to my platform because um, I have another uh, product that I, I was saying that I produce called uh, Converse, and that's just why I just sit down and talk to all the cool people I met across this whole journey. Um, you just I mean like. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing that how many people I've met either on the YouTube side or on the podcasting side. And that's the way I get to, you know, uh, have them on and talk about whatever they want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? For about an hour and a half. So both of you are welcome if you want to come over and um, have another conversation. Oh, I'd be stuck. There's so much that we could have talked about tonight <laughs> that we didn't get to. And uh, and I'm just, I mean, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot that we can go on. So I'd love to do that. I'm not great. crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. so like I said, I mean, it, you, it's an open invitation. Hopefully you have me back on your platform again as well, because I, this is how we win is just having open conversation with people. But I won't belabor the point. Um, is that is that it for me? Y'all, y'all kicking me off now? I'm no, joking, you can stay as long as you want. We're just trying nah, to. No, I had to get. I had to go. Um, <laughs> I had to go lick my wounds because I didn't cover. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> but I did win. Hold on, but see, I did win my two fantasy leagues this week. So that, that's breaking news. Um, well, that's good. So, well, you just the parlay was just twenty bones, though, right? It wasn't. It wasn't no, I lost one hundred and twenty. I mean, I'm oh, looking that way. No, no, no. I, 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 it was only twenty. But what I'm saying is, it's, I just clicked the wrong button. It's like that's like the bone. Oh, yeah, like that, it. right? Uh, it's like you know, so I don't look at it like I just lost twenty. It's like I lost the whole thing I could have won. But it, it happens. <laughs> 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 well, we'll we'll have to get in the back channels and <laughs> get some more uh, get some more of that going down. All right, I don't watch too much good. football, but I'll definitely throw a little money on it. <laughs> Hey man, you got I got to be mandate proof, man. So it's like, how, oh yeah, how, how you can get it? I know, I know statistics. You know what I'm saying? So I, you know, put this academic uh, prowess to work. Become yeah, ungovernable sport bet, <laughs> right? But hey, you know what though? Hey, it's a, it's a living. Like po- it's gonna be like the new poker. Hell yeah. Remember how guys were playing poker for a living? Mm-hmm. It's, you see how they open it? It's wide open now. It's like this. Hey, so any crack in the armor, you got to get in there. You just got to do it. <laughs> if you see an opening, make that money. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it, guys, for having me on. Um, Boo yeah. and Lavish. Y'all, it's, y'all sound like a, a group, like a rap group or something. It's like <laughs> Boo, Boo and Lavish. <laughs> well, we never, you know, we're trying to make some branding going on. We'll get a moonshine line, I think, going soon. Okay. Uh, rap group, hey, maybe we could do a little music, get a SoundCloud going. <laughs> I, uh, I I keep threatening with lavish that we're gonna do Ramones covers of uh, uh, of their songs and 
and throw Fauci in them, make make them all songs about the CDC, little short two minute uh, punk songs. You said yeah. moonshine though. You're gonna moonshine? oh yeah yeah oh yeah. That's the first thing we're gonna do as soon as we branch out from audio production. We're gonna go into distilling. Yeah, really. Uh, we're uh, I find yeah. that fascinating. I mean, I'm from North Carolina, so you know that's. Oh, you're saying that's hashtag me too, man. Fucking Durham Performing Arts Center is one of my favorite theaters to play when I'm on tour. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm from Durham. So I mean, um, ah, nice. I've been meaning to head in that direction for a long time. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're known for the moonshine. Oh yeah. So we're talking the day we get (laughs) we got some things, some irons we got to work out, but uh, (laughs) it'll happen. Yeah. (laughs) You get some rivets. We'll, We'll get to it. The day we start making shine, we're going to call you. That's for sure. All right. I, I may, maybe get a private label going. Oh. <laughs> the MoFax Reserve. You better Mo believe shine. it. <laughs> oh, God. MoShine. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh. We're writing all this down, okay? We're writing all this down. All right. But Mo- yeah, you can find MoFax at MoFax.com, M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z.com, and you can catch him uh, live on Wednesday nights on YouTube for his Lost Tapes. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Eight o'clock. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. We yes, really appreciate thank you. your time. Thank you. It's, it's, I appreciate it. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. Thank you all. Thank you, thank sir. You. Have a good night. All right, have a good night. All right. Good night. <laughs> Pay attention to everything, and the truth will reveal itself. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to interject. He said the thing. He did say the thing. <laughs> Still I, there? I, yeah, I'm out of here, fellas. Get out of here. Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> No, I'm actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> He's still here, you know. No, 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 no. Oh, that was a, uh, whoo, man. <sighs> well, that was grand. <sighs> that was awesome. That was so awesome. That was great. Oh, <sighs> I definitely, <laughs> I definitely feel like I need a cigarette, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna also partake. What um, what are you feeling? You want to try and squeeze in the second second half? I mean, I definitely have this intermission. There's some stuff in there oh, that's. Uh, I'm okay with it if you are. Yeah, if you're if you're up for it, sir. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, like we stated at the beginning of the show, uh, Tunta came in with a track. It's the acoustic one featured in the middle. Uh, it's really badass. It's got a lot of slick, slick lyrics in it. Uh, sorry, slick licks. Slick licks. <laughs> That's slick a, slicks. I also have uh, almost two full fucking post-it notes full of potential show titles. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fruitful episode. I'm I, I, I'm pretty proud of Soylent Green New Deal. I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of them are. <laughs> yeah, it's on there. Uh, that's oh man feels so good when he was talking about like you know that moment where you get to make your sandwich and just get that moment to yourself it's like i'm feeling that i'm gonna i'm gonna hit my i'm gonna hit this bt and i'm gonna go outside and get some fresh air and i'm gonna do just that hell yeah um 
tell you the truth, I can't remember, or sorry, it's not that I can't remember, I just can't pronounce the name of this opening band because it is thick Russian. <laughs> I think it's something, something, sons of bitches. I could be wrong. Um, oh, Sukhan Sin is sons, son of a bitch in Russian. Well, like it all, like I always say, it's posted in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, check the notes. Check Can't the- remember anything anymore. I know, man. So. Congratulations, Vernon. What a fall. All the way down the stairs. It's wonderful. But then you always were good at falling from a great height. Can't compare, my dear Jeffrey, with your famous death scenes, which you've played so brilliantly for seven years, bitch. Where I guess I'm 
To recall Gavin Newsom. Hang on. Those robots are all coming from the chum bucket. He's a hypocrite and a liar. And why is there a sign out front that says Robot Headquarters? I don't trust him with my tax dollars. Did you make the robots plankton? Gavin Newsom gave out Magic Mountain tickets instead of dealing with the housing crisis. You're right, he did do that. As soon as you give politicians power, any kind of power that didn't exist previously, if they can figure out a way to force you into carrying something that lets you enter businesses or lets you do this or lets businesses open, historically, they are not going to give that power up. They find new reasons to use. I'll be back. We have to protect those freedoms at all costs, whether you agree with people's choices or not, because it is the foundation that this country was founded on, freedom. This idea of freedom there's so many people that think it's frivolous, it's not important, it's not the main thing that we should be focused on, but it is the literal structure that allows this country to be so fucking amazing. Every single country that's ever existed other than the United States, up until 1776, every fucking country that has ever existed was run by dictators, all of them. This is the first experiment in self-government that actually worked, and it created the greatest superpower the world's ever known. It created the greatest cultural machine, the greatest machine of art and creativity and innovation right fucking here. And how did it do that? It did it through freedom. And as soon as you see something, anything that comes along and inhibits your freedom, you should be very cautious about that. You should be very suspicious. Because anything that comes along that can inhibit your freedom is, by definition, anti-American.
to jail. I wasn't going to talk about the coronavirus. But on the way here, I got really ill. But I think it was because I ate a cherry pie. Like, I got a cherry pie from Bristol Farms, and I ate it, and then the car was going weird, and I was like, oh. And then I turned, we, he turned on the radio, Jeremy, and then all the fucking news was like, the guy was like, uh, well, there's uh, been so far 11 cases, 50! 200! I don't feel good, you know, you're like, oh, this is not good. I feel like I'm in a fucking middle of a Stephen King novel or something like that. What is this? Uh, so my plan is just to not die. You know, survive long enough where uh, they find a cure. You know, some people will have to die. But finally they'll find a cure for me. Well, thank God. It's funny how Big Farm is so evil until now. $200 a pill? Yeah, that's good. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> Give me all you got. But uh, and now I'm sniffling. I don't know what that is. Could be the cocaine, I guess. <laughs> I'm so nervous about this goddamn... So I take cocaine, you know? And then that makes their anxiety even more crippling. It's funny that we all now know how we're gonna die. It's just a matter of what order of this. Welcome back to the second, second half of show for episode 66 of Behind the Schemes. And we just left Mo for tonight, and holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. Holy shit. We had Mo Facts in the building tonight. 
Oh, it was such a grand time. <sighs> what a treat. Mofax.com, M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z. If you're not familiar with that show, you should familiarize yourself with it. So they were like, they were like, there are a lot of things that I can just remember, like the, the titles of the episode and like what it was about. And then from each episode, like remember a really iconic moment where I was like, wow, that was fucking great. And he's got like five of those for me. He's got like, this is the MLK episode, the there's 44 and 45 Savage. Mm-hmm. There's um, 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 dude, Pink Elephant was sick. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that whole, like, that whole trilogy of uh, 60, 61, and 62, the Mark My Words, Pink Elephant, and and um, oh god, I'm blanking on. Yeah. That's so good though. And then there was another one that he did before. The MLK one is is savage. And the Obama one is so good. I I I think it's it's one of the best like podcasts or anything that I've heard on Obama. Like I've heard all kinds of wacky shit on Obama. Like I remember on Jeff Rents, if anyone's ever been to rents.com, which is like the most extreme weirdo like aliens are coming out of the ground right now type of program but it's been around forever rents is rents is an og and he had on this woman uh this is years ago and obama it was somebody who allegedly grew up with obama um on on hawaii and uh she just had all this crazy shit about uh, talking about how he used to smoke cocaine and sleep with older men and do all this crazy shit. It's big party guy, snob, asshole. <laughs> um, and that pales so much in comparison to the Mofax <laughs> Obama Forty Four. We're talking about <laughs> talking about the Sotoros and talking about um, just the oil money and the connection there. And the the never to be forgotten Joan Rivers drop. Dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Such a special occasion, Mr. Booberry. Uh and I did misspeak. It was uh episode sixty was Monster Ball. Monster Ball, that's yeah, right. Which was the uh Is that the Greta one? No, 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 no. I'm blanking on her name. Megan Markle. That's uh Megan Markle, yeah. The Oprah uh interview deconstruction. Yep, yep, that's right. That's uh, that's Oof. the trilogy for me. So it was Monsters Ball, Mark My Words, and Pink Elephant. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially with the Pink Elephant, and just kind of being here to to catch the afterblast of uh, the death of George Floyd, and um, you know, realistically, mm-hmm. I think he was the only dude that has made any real attempt of of humanizing him. You know, he was either a a scoundrel or a martyr. Uh, he there's one thing that Mo has a gift for. He he can humanize anybody. Did you hear last episode? He humanized the, the FBI. FBI. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> I have never heard anybody do that before. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> this man is a saint. You understand? Yeah, no doubt. 
Well, we're uh, we're super excited to be partnering up with him to to release behind the schemes Mo Shine. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you better believe it. We are gonna have uh, geez, that's that's at least three labels there. You've got yours, mine, and his. Or well, you're gonna have at least one. Maybe you'll have two or three or more. You know, obviously we'll grow. We're just we're st- we're just starting out. Once we get it, you know, we'll start with one each, and then we'll go from there. Hell yeah. Um. But yeah, we got three there, and then Quirk S should probably have her own line. Uh, Sir Spencer in the green room is already trying to pre-order. I love the drive. <laughs> oh, there you go, there you go. Needs thirty-three bottles. I need thirty-three bottles too. Stat. Oh, you know, speaking of, <sighs> speaking of thirty-three, um, I did see during the intermission that uh, uh, we had a donation come in. Uh, from a friend of the show, he's been on with us before, and it's Derek from Double Thought Dimension, and he dropped us $33.33. Oh, wow. Thank you, Derek. Much appreciated. Uh, he, he's been hanging out with us in the chat room tonight. Didn't even know that Mo was on, and just, you know, he, he was in a position where he could listen live tonight, and, and uh, here we are. And here we are. Popped in, and it was nice to see him. It was great. We had we had two guests in the house, two people who well, actually, and, Sp- and Spencer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we had many guests in the house today. It was a very special occasion. But uh, if if you want to circle back and and check out Derek's and uh, his wife's work, it's doublethoughtdimension dot com. Mm-hmm. The Double Thought Dimension podcast. Sure I didn't fuck that up. Double. Oh. oh. Typing is hard. Typing is hard. And for anybody in the chat, Sir Spencer just dropped his credit card number. Uh, We're going to need a CVS and an Expo on that one there, buddy. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to get in the chat and you want a 69 with uh, Sir Spencer's credit card, you can do that. That is what we're doing here. It's such a special occasion. I'm so excited for this Max thing. Uh, This MoFax, Max, combined MoFax and the Max. That I am going to not smoke a bong. I'm going to enjoy a joint. Oh, wow. And for the long haul. Slow, low, so good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, that uh, that link to Derek's show with his wife, Tony, is doublethoughtdimension.com. Yes. Oh yes! Oh god! Did, so uh, delightful. Did was there any of the stuff that you had pulled that you wanted to to touch on for tonight, or was that sure? Mostly? Yeah, yeah, we could go and do it. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, well, I was going to. I mean, if it was going to come up, we ended up just not even needing to bring it up. I had it just in case we ran out of things to talk about, but uh, we did not run out of things to talk about. But we brought up, he brought up in a show, uh, it was either 66 or 67 in the last two episodes that he's done. He brought up Richard Aoki, and he brought it up, I think it was through the lens of, we were talking about Michael K. Williams, who is the great actor who just recently passed away, and he was uh, most famous for playing Omar in The Wire, but um, 
I I really love Boardwalk Empire, the show Boardwalk Empire, and his role in that as a character named Chalky White is a really fantastic character, a powerful character, one of my favorites. And Mo went on the record and said that that he thought that that was his favorite character of his as well. <laughs> so if if it was if it was going to be brought up, I was going to bring it up, and I I did bring him up earlier, but it doesn't matter. But anyway, I went down a rabbit hole. He brought up another character on the show, Boardwalk Empire, who is based on the the numbers king of Harlem. Uh, His name was Casper Holston. And he was a, a figure who was extremely wealthy, extremely influential, a black man who was, I believe, born in the Bahamas. And uh, immigrated his way into the United States and uh, got a job as a janitor at a Wall Street firm and then spent his nights studying books in the closet and eventually um, started running a lottery in Harlem in a lot of the, the low income, you know, really rough neighborhoods of Harlem. He, he would start running these numbers games and... That's the that's how the story goes, and he became this absurdly wealthy man. Um, but he, Bo pointed out that this sort of thing, like he said earlier, like we talked about earlier, it looks too easy. This guy, you know, most people they get put away uh, when they start getting really successful, when they start making real money in illegal circuits. If they aren't uh, familiar with these people, you know, if they. If, if they don't have a connection, well, then they get put in jail because it's pretty easy to find these sorts of discrepancies, um, usually through taxes or otherwise. It's like, well, why is this guy making so much money? Uh, and he compared him to another figure who was confirmed to plant a, a figure who's a little more recent. By the way, am I am I going, how how you doing? Am I going too too fast? No, I think I'm. I think I'm following along. Okay, just making sure. Um, he compared it to another guy who was a more recent figure. He was uh, Richard Aoki, who was a high-ranking member of the Black Panther Party, among other organizations that were very instrumental in the late '60s in in just pushing a lot of of the the civil rights stuff that, that came uh, after the assassination of Martin Luther King and the direction that the civil rights movement went after that. Um, he was a third generation Japanese guy who was confirmed a, an informant for the FBI. He was the only high ranking member of the black Panther party who was Asian. Uh, or the, I'm sorry, the only Asian high ranking member of the black Panther party he was an old, old friend of the founders of Bobby Seale and um, the other guy, I'm forgetting the name. And they, he, he was just super active. I mean, that's all he did growing up was he would just like go to these, um, go to these groups, go to these, whatever these groups were that were, that were based in minority rights that existed in the early sixties. But he was, he was in the, in the army he was born on Topaz War Relocation Center uh, in Arizona. Uh, he was born in a military installation. His whole life is military. 
And it came out in the end that his whole life he'd been an informant for the FBI. And the fact that he was an informant for the FBI is a big deal because he he was instrumental in creating the Black Panther Party. He didn't come in and subvert it later. He was friends with these guys, and the insinuation is, is that the Black Panther Party wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't have become the massive thing that we all remember it as now if it weren't for the fact that the FBI made them that to make them the bad guy uh, in order to play into the, the, you know, the playbook. The playbook that's going on. So I go down this rabbit hole. I start looking into this guy, Richard Aoki, and there's, there's obviously a lot on this guy. And this interests me because this is, this is local news to me. You know, this is my, this is where I grew up. This is all happening in Oakland and in um, in San Francisco and at San Francisco State, which I went to. So I, I'm, I was kind of familiar with this history already. And and when he talked about it, I looked into it. Um, why don't we go into, after the assassination of, of Dr. King, start getting some tensions. Why don't we play clip one, set the scene. This is San Francisco State College, one of 18 in the California State College system. It's been a part of the vast educational complex of this state since 1899, but its phenomenal growth has come in the past 10 years, from 12,000 students to 18,000 in that time. One significant fact in those years, the percentage of black students has dropped from 11% to less than 3%. The overcrowding, the race conflict, the fear of the draft, and the war in Vietnam have brought the students to an active search for solutions. This is the way it began here this Wednesday. Picket lines in front of the HLL building, followed by police being moved in. Police were ordered to clear any demonstrators that might be disruptive to classes. Strikers said, though, that they would picket only between classes and then leave when police arrived. Hmm. So there's this huge unrest that's happening at the time. JFK is assassinated in 1963. And going into the Lyndon Johnson term, the first term, which is given to him because he's vice president, um, there's he, he inherits an insane amount of tumult that's going on. There's the Vietnam War, which is insanely unpopular, um, and there's there's all these these racial tensions that that are growing with. JFK, or I'm sorry, with uh, MLK, who will then be assassinated f- five years later, less than five years later, he's then killed. And then less than two months after that, JFK's brother is killed. So you see this escalation after JFK is killed. And, you know, we're already well behind the, the scheme on this. We'll, we'll just say it. When JFK was killed, there was a changing of the guard. There was a a precedent that was set, you know, and there was a there was a cause that required such a collaborative effort on so many sides that it set the standard. Since you have a situation where the mafia and intelligence agencies and you know elite uh, shooting clubs and big oil and bankers and all this stuff, they all they all kind of wink at each other and like are are cool with what's going on 
One scheme to scheme them all. Yeah, the Ulto scheme, which isn't that big because the world isn't a big place. Um, But, yeah, Uh, this whole time is is escalating and escalating and escalating. And then you've got, in 68, finally, the assassination of Dr. King. And from there, all of these, and, and leading up to that, obviously, there's there's a very, very specific and targeted effort by the FBI, uh, in particular, to to crush these people, to crush Dr. King, to dr- to crush Malcolm X, to crush any sort of grassroots organization that is trying to uh, enact any kind of racial justice. And uh, and of course, in San Francisco and the Bay Area, that's where things are boiling. But what interests me about the clip and about this is that so there's a sort of a I don't know I don't know what it is if they're insinuating that there was a white flight or if it's the other way around, where the college doubled in size in a, in a number of a few years, and the percentage of of minorities, not just black people but mi- minorities in general, goes from thirteen percent to three to four percent. And that's it. And that's when the shit hits the fan. When nobody, when, when the, there's only white people going at the school. Right? And, and that is the, when you literally have every single person at the school going there, the white, there's probably a huge portion of the white people that are there that are disturbed by that. And then there, of course, is everybody else who isn't going to the college who's disturbed by that. And, and that's the narrative that they build. Uh, it's probably more complicated than that, and I wish I, I I would need to do a little more research to get into that specifically. But uh, anyway, uh, gosh, I think well, let me see is clip two. Oh, so I so this so everybody starts giving speeches, and this thing gets commandeered, and the the idea is that Richard Aoki is there. He's on the scene. He's a young guy. He's obviously put in there by the FBI. We know that now, and he's going from group to group to group to group. And he is he's, he's going to all these different organizations that will later um, coagulate into the major players. And he's helping them build it. And he's giving them military training. And he's, you know, doing all this shit. Who knows what he's doing? But the, the idea is he's there. He's their spokesperson. He's the face of these guys. And not only is he in the Black Panther deal, the Black Panther deal t- ties, ties into these college programs, these college protests which then create the ethnic studies programs, the, the first ethnic studies programs where you can get a doctorate in black studies or Asian-American studies. You can become a doctor in black studies. And at that time, that didn't exist. And that particular movement, in my opinion, I think opened the door to everything else, sex and gender studies, you know, women's studies, all of that, not to say, not to compare it in a certain way, but but that's that's what it led to in, in the sense that was the natural path. And there's something that that Mo always talks about. <laughs> it's a joke that he makes, which is that black men open the door and everyone else walks in. Right. And when you look at these events, everybody has an angle. And when you go to SF State, you learn about this, these ethnic studies programs. They really take a lot of pride in them. Um, they, they, they really just they think that they're just the best, and they're so proud that they made them happen and all this stuff. 
it's all looked on very fondly. Uh, and every everybody has their own angle. The Asian-American uh, building has their, you know, series of events. And the Native American uh, uh, section has their, you know, everybody has their own way. But when you look at it, it really was about black men and you know, black people, black black women and men who couldn't go to college or were being denied education. And um and the firing of a particular professor who was associate who was in the Black Panthers, who was like, you know, it's like if you or I were teaching at SF State, like <laughs> we were like they're just telling people it's bullshit and it's all a lie and to fucking fight the man and all that stuff. I mean, that's basically what this guy was doing for for the time. Hello, my name is Professor Booberry. Welcome to 9-11-101. <laughs> you know, they teach 9-11 classes. You could probably do that. That's what's crazy. They te- yeah, they teach everything now, but... <laughs> the... Um, they do, though. I've seen I've seen 9-11 college classes and, and books written. Oh, God, it's, that's what... It's hilarious. <laughs> it's true. It's not a joke. Not a joke. Not Come a, on, man. A, Come on, man. Not a joke. Nine eleven. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, Mo brought up nine eleven. I didn't even say it. I didn't even bring it up. He brought it up. That's uh, great. Um. Anyway. So yeah, these ethnic studies they they come out of this and and from from nineteen sixty eight on for after the death of MLK this whole thing. Everything about the civil rights movement is entirely commandeered and manufactured and and guided by this invisible hand. And all of the all of the organizations that make these ethnic studies programs are led by this guy. So he he is legitimized in the academic world. And meanwhile, Reagan, who's the governor of California, is up his ass and he's personally all over it. Uh, there's a there's a set of 15 rules that the that these guys gave Reagan, and and the, you know like it's like Mo said, it's too easy. All of a sudden Reagan shows up and like this is this is all he cares about are these rules and this whole event, which is just bizarre. Um, anyway, uh, I think there's a clip in there. Uh, oh, actually, first <laughs> I'm going all over the place a little bit. They they give these speeches and we talk about the boule, and Mo Mo talks about the boule, which is like the the elite the elitist class, um, you know, uh, um, the African American elitist class that that exists like just in a very very rich circle, the Oprahs of the world, and the uh, you know I'm, I and old money. I mean, shit, Oprah's really new money. I mean, we're talking about you know. Multiple generations, you know, that's I'm how kind of blanking on their origin. The 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 term boule, or uh, the boule I know most, and, and where the the influence came in at for who for the boule. Oh, I, I just think it's all old money. Like you just you're you're always gonna have rich people, right? <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, you're always gonna have those damn asshole rich people. You know what we should do? We should tax them. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of not taxing the rich, hit me with clip four Reagan. Clip four Reagan playing shit out of line. They went out in support 
of the student demands of that little dissident group with their 15 non-negotiable demands. You talk about negotiating. I would call to your attention that the Black Student Union has declared that their demands are non-negotiable. That's right. So the, these guys, they lay out, yeah, I was on the 15 rolls, and I started talking about the boule. I'm going to roll now. But these, these, this organization, which Richard Aoki is, is a massive member of, and so therefore is assumed an FBI-backed organization, has now infiltrated the college. It has now formed itself into two major student bodies. One of them is called the Black Student Union, or the BSU, and the other is called the Third World Liberation Front, uh, which Aoki in particular is a is like the president of. So they give him 15 terms, and these 15 terms are actually pretty petty. They're just like, give this guy a job, and you gotta do this, you gotta do that, whatever. They're they're kind of they're kind of sloppy, sloppily awkwardly written. Maybe it's just the times. And I have them in the show notes, or I will have them in the show notes. Um, and you can look at them. I won't get into it. But th- this whole narrative and, and Reagan's ear and eye and all this stuff is drawn to this awkward document written by these two awkward student bodies that come out of whatever, and, and they're the center of attention. And they're the ones who are, who are dictating this whole thing. And out of it comes the the first ethnic studies programs. So they did negotiate. They what what they ultimately wanted was they wanted a black studies college. Um, and they wanted to one of the actually one of the rules one of the conditions was that all black people must be accepted to the college, without exception. All all black people must be accepted to SF State. Period, which I thought was an interesting condition. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on this so far, Mr. Booberry? No, I'm, I'm fairly ignorant to, uh, to a lot of this. Um, see, for me, this was actually required learning. Like I couldn't graduate college unless I took not just one or two, but like three or four different kinds of ethnic studies classes. So I had to take a black studies class, a women's gender study class, a native American music study class. I had to take all these different kinds of things in order to complete my very standard liberal arts education degree. And, uh, and that is, that is just embedded in everything around here. And everybody who gets a higher education around here, and I'm sure at this point it's spread. I mean, it started at SF State, and then it goes to Berkeley. And once it's at Berkeley, then you have one of the finest, higher, highest, you know, whatever's in the land. Now that they're doing it, well, now Harvard has to do it. Now that Harvard's doing it, well, now Yale has to do it. And so on and so forth. Yeah. And, and in this way, they set the domino for what is to come, which is, you know, I mean, let's be real. The LGBTQ plus agenda is very heavily financed these days. <laughs> everywhere you look, everywhere, everywhere you look, no matter what you're doing, you know, if I go on a podcast app 
and I'm flipping through podcasts, if they're if they're the mainstream ones, if they're the big ones, they're going to show me gay podcasts. They're just going to do it. They're going to do it because just that's what they do now. They just recommend all the stuff. It never ends. And uh, and and when you go on the bus, and when you go out into the world, and when you watch TV, and when you watch cartoons, and when you watch, I mean, it's just it's everywhere. When you go on Netflix, when you go anywhere, it is inundated. Amazon's logo is a penis, um, which isn't it's not a big deal. It's actually pretty funny. But I'm just saying, I'm just making a point here. Do you, are you are you aware of uh, DC Comics' new bisexual superhero? Oh God, lay it on me. Who is it? Superman. Uh oh, that's right. I did hear about this. It's uh, Jonathan Kent, son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, will embark uh, on a new relationship with a male friend. Everyone needs heroes, and everyone deserves to see themselves in their heroes. Said writer Tom Taylor. Well. Uh. I mean, let's be real. You know, Superman was saying, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, if you're wearing your tights on the outside of your pants, you're definitely signaling. <laughs> I mean, talking about comic books here, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, they 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 like the spandex in in comics. They're they're okay. There's something that happens when you're superhumanly hot. You know, you got the nipples, it, nipples on your costume, yeah. already pre-molded for you. Oh, if do you, you do you like what you see? <laughs> you don't mind showing off your nipples? It's like, no, I don't. They're perfect. Look at them. They're part of the costume. Stop pointing them out. Look at them. <laughs> you know, they say that the nipples were the worst part of the George Clooney Batman, but I'd have to disagree. I think it was probably the whole movie. That's harsh. That might be one of the meanest things I've ever heard you say. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Once I get a joint in my hand, I just start I get nasty. Um, nasty. Nasty. So nasty. Oh, nasty. my God. So uh, <laughs> I got a clip. I found a clip on sfsu.edu at my old alma mater. This is the clip that I told you about that I couldn't I couldn't find a way to, to pull it. Um. If you've got that link privy, this would be Richard Aoki in 1969 as the spokesperson for the Third World Liberation Front on Cron 4 News, talking to the board uh, at SFSU. If it's available. It did not deal with the innovative aspects of our proposal, <coughs> nor did it resolve problems relating to when such a college would be developed, who would be instrumental in its development, and when and how the funds for such a college would be allocated. We will settle for nothing less than a full Third World College for the fall of 1969, developed by the Third World faculty, by Third World students, and Third World community people. We have had a strike. We have a strike. We will continue to strike. Sounds like some communist gobbledygook to me. Uh, it becomes perfectly clear now that, whereas in the past, 
faculty opposition, at least in some extent, to some extent, was hanging up the proposals for a College of Ethnic Studies. The roadblock to a settlement of the strike now is very clearly in the Chancellor's office. The faculty passed by an overwhelming vote, about 550 to 5, a sense motion calling for the early appointment of a chairman of a Department of Ethnic Studies, and that department should evolve into a College of Ethnic Studies. I love mm-hmm. how they're all smoking. <laughs> yeah, that's the other reason why I'm smoking now. Yeah, it's fascinating. I love watching this stuff because I went there. So I'm, I'm actually seeing a lot of some of the buildings and, and the, some of the roads, the streets. Uh, it's changed a lot, but there, there is a little bit of familiarity there. But it's so surreal to see every all these people. There's it, the cafeteria that I used to like go eat at or whatever is filled with people. They're all wearing suits and they're all smoking and they're all white. (laughs) Every one of them. Uh, It's, it's very bizarre and surreal. Definitely don't look like that anymore. Um, Yeah. That was Richard Aoki, the FBI informant who is running the show, getting ethnic studies going So the ethnic studies program happens, and then the dominoes fall, and yada, 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 soup. Um, And then, oh, they had the funniest chant ever, dude. The funniest chant ever. Uh, It's clip three. Clip three? Yes, Uh, sir. Here we go. I'm glad, to, I'm glad to see not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so you caught all of that? It's so I def- much fun. I definitely caught the, the kill the pigs. Um, yeah, so she goes, kill the pigs. Uh, oh, fuck, play it one more time, sorry. Kill the pigs. No more pigs on our campus. Chanel's come. Get out the gun. Yeah, revolution has come. The revolution has come. Time to get out the gun. Kill the pigs. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> They're all wearing suits. It's so it's so great. Um and then the boulet shows up. Uh so you've got the FBI going through Richard Aoki, and then on the other side you've got uh the we call like you know the, there's like the pastor that comes in the the wealthy pastor who's like multi generation you know went to all the finest schools and he goes to Hunter's Point which is like one of the roughest neighborhoods in in San Francisco and uh, and gives a speech and he says this which I thought was really interesting clip two let me say first of all that we've got poor people. And we've got black bourgeoisie here also. And I want you to know that there are no distinctions now about what we believe and where we think we've got to go. We feel that we are united, and we want you to know that we are supporting the demands of the third world and the black students at this time. Hmm. So we, the bourgeoisie, stand with you, the poor people, 
in this endeavor at this time. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. We didn't talk about it on the show. Probably won't bring it up. It just reminds me of that uh, uh, the the event that I did that I was working a couple of weekends ago. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Someone wa- uh, someone wandered into a a gala that we were setting up for and was hammered at like eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Passed out drunk on the floor in the uh, uh, dining hall, not a dining hall, convention floor. And uh, it was for a, a Black Lives Matter supported event, and they ended up kicking him out. <laughs> and then started the uh, the show with a with a speech about lifting every voice and making sure all people got representation. <laughs> Goddamn. Yep. It's like a storybook. Uh, anyway, I love that. That's a that's a really funny story. I really like that story. Um, the I think that's it for me. I think that was it. Really, I think I got the point across. Uh, the Black Panthers were were uh, were stooges. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a mind fuck to to realize that the FBI might have played a, a several heavy hitting cards in the formation of these various um, ethnic and gender studied studies. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, if you want to get what I would consider fairly depraved uh, John money with his contributions to gender studies around this same time, John money. Yeah, he's the dude that uh, pretty much formulated the idea that uh, gender is a construct. Oh, this guy. This guy's, yeah, the uh, the weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He, essentially, he took a pair of twins, and I don't think he ever simulated sex acts on them, but he definitely took a lot of photographs, and it just it ended very tragic for the two children. Yeah, he was a... He's a real piece of work. The I think the pattern is that you've got these things that are entering into the sphere of legitimate science. You have now that this is a college, you know, now now that I'm a doctor of sex, <laughs> you have to listen to what I have to say cuz I'm a doctor, you know. And and you get this weird when when people have to call you doctor, dude, you get a weird power. And uh, <laughs> some people take advantage of it, you know. <laughs> you know what that sounds like? <laughs> Ooh, the doctor! <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to play us out with that. That was going to blow my mind. Oh, man. You know, if I could play copywritten music. I know. I was like, that's so ballsy. I love it. And then I was like, okay, I get it. I've known people that have done it. Uh, I think Dean Reiner did it for his, maybe his 100th episode. He uh, played it out with uh, uh, Living Color, Cult of Personality. Oh, well, yeah. See, Gene's going to get us. They won't won't give a shit. Yeah. Fucking, anyway. Uh, do you think we have time to hit one? I've got two stories. I doubt that I'm going to get to them both. Do we get any screen mails tonight? No, it's been fairly sparse. Wow. I, Nobody been, had any questions for Mo, huh? I think they just wanted him to talk. 
He's a very charming man. Hey, that's yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, play whatever you like. Um, okay. Actually, I should have asked, but do you want to hear about haunted houses or everyone's favorite priestess? Oh, why not both? You want both? <laughs> okay, well. All right, how about, how about priestess? I like priestess. You're lucky because I brought two ciders upstairs with me, so we have until I can finish these two, and I'm a fast drinker. Um. Oh, yeah, you're going to crush them? Oh, yeah, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straight down my gullet. I'm going to fucking, yeah, let's party. Let's party. Party, guys. Let me, uh, uh, I, I bring to you a clip uh, from the Ukraines, and I think there's a familiar name in this that you'll recognize. It's just Ukraine. On Wednesday evening, the Israeli and Ukrainian presidents gathered for an official ceremony for the unveiling of a new interactive memorial, Crystal Wall of Crying, by world-renowned performance artist Marina Abramovic. The wall is meant to be a symbolic extension of the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem and incorporates crystals from the Ukraine and Brazil in an interactive installation. The 40-meter-long structure now stands in a park built over the site of the Babanyar Ravine. It's, it's a really wall for healing and it's wall to remember and it's wall to public to actually inter- interact all the time. It's not something, I don't like monuments that you have the huge monument and you stand in the front and you look to the monument. It's just like your voyeur. Here, you have to touch, you have to interact, you have to turn and you have to, you know, confront yourself with yourself and your own memory. So it's a very different way of seeing, seeing art and seeing the, the monuments. At the ceremony, both Israeli and Ukrainian presidents also warned against repeating the mistakes of the past and cautioned against a new surge of anti-Semitism. Well, that's where the video ended up. Was uh, One of the speakers uh, was, was railing about anti-Semitism and how much it was still prevalent at uh, this day and in this age and whatnot. Mm. But, uh, oh, man. I was going to pull a clip about how ethnic studies is anti-Semitic. <laughs> That's funny. It ties in. Uh, but yeah, you might have heard her a familiar name, Marina Abramovic. Uh, she was featured as the spirit cooker in the Podesta email leaks. Mm-hmm. And she's been cited with so many celebrities. They got pictures of her with everybody. Yep. Uh, she, uh, and I've got a picture in the show notes. It's, it's a giant wall that's got huge quartz crystals jutting out of it that uh, one kind of lines up with your forehead one with your uh, your gut area, and I think the last one's uh, by the groin. Hmm. Okay. But uh, it was erected to mark the 80th anniversary <laughs> of uh, uh, 80th anniversaries uh, of when Nazi troops gunned down nearly 3,400 Jewish men, women, and children in 1941. And they're wanting to consider it a symbolic extension, like they said in the clip, of the Wailing Wall in, Jer- in Jerusalem. Um, here's a quote. You come here and you look that uh, you look that this is a park. There are so many trees, so much nature. It is so much life. You know, people come here to sit in the sun. Little children are playing. But all of this, you know, is one part of reality. But another part of reality, you know, that something terrible, terrible happened at the same time, and that kind of memory can't leave you. So you have this mix of 
feeling beauty and heaviness and past, which is there all the time. And uh, I believe the Ukrainian president, it was, there was no uh, translator, so it was only subtitles. So I spared you all the expense, but um, he pretty much starts the video off talking about how this is a godless area. And even Satan was like, nah, no, thank you. I don't want nothing to do with this. Um, yeah. Wastes. But uh, let's see, the courts came from Ukrainian mine. Sorry, the anth- anthracite, which I'm unfamiliar with. It must be the uh, darker rock they used to construct the wall. Came from Ukrainian mines and rock quartz crystals from Brazil. Uh, Marina wanted to create the image that is transcendental about any war at any time at any place. Whatever we are doing... There is always violence. There is always a war somewhere. There is always something that we should not do as people. And I love to create images that teach us stop that. Where She's it? a weirdo. Where in the hell is it? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Here's Marina. Stop that! <laughs> Bring me the head of David Gavin. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought that was a... Uh, it piqued my curiosity for sure. Mm. Uh, it's it's quite a spectacle. Uh, it's huge, tall ass wall. Well, it's all, it, it looks like it, it must was, be fun to do that. You know, go around the world doing that. Yeah, be an artiste. I mean, aside from like drinking blood and whatever, it's just like you get to have a whole party. You get to set up this big thing, and you get to have a big party, and you get to eat food and. And then you get in a plane and you go somewhere else and then you do it again. It's crazy. What the hell? All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with this last story. It's Booberry's last clip. Uh, well, <laughs> joke's on you. I got You're ten. like, I've got 60 more clips. I got 10. I got 10 clips. You got ten clips. You do have ten clips. All right. Fuck Let's, it well. Yeah, well, let me should I get another beer? I mean ten clips. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get the, another beer. The longest one is forty five uh sorry, fifty seven seconds, but uh they'll be quick because a new poll reveals that seventy three percent of Americans would buy a haunted house. <laughs> uh and where where did this article What kind of dumbass poll who who did this poll? Uh, real estate witch. Uh, huh. The recent poll surveyed a total of a thousand Americans who were asked twenty questions regarding their paranormal experiences and wh- what they prefer when buying a home. Oh, a thousand people, so that many people. But all right, okay, okay, let's go. Seventy-six uh, percent uh, of Americans surveyed admitted that they believe in the supernatural. This is up from seventy percent in two thousand twenty, and forty-four percent in two thousand and nineteen. A whopping seventy-three percent of people uh, claim to have had a supernatural experience, and forty-four percent of them stated that their paranormal encounters increased since the beginning of the pandemic. Which, wait, what? Is it only oh. because people are at home more often? Like, what's going on That's here? not a mental health thing. Uh, oh, but hey, hold on. So they've been doing this study on, with the same thousand people for multiple years in a row? Because they said that it's up since whatever percent. So that means that they did this a couple years in a row? I'm curious if they're not pulling data from another survey, just in asking in general. 
Uh, it, it could be it could be the same poll I, that I do not have the answers to, no. whether or not these are the same poll or two separate ones. Very good. Uh, Just trying see. to see the study. I got to see this. I got to see what the study is. Who funded it? Where yeah. the nipples are? How do I? How do I get the sweet milk from the nipple? Yeah, I'm I'm reading the mysterious universe coverage of it. Uh, they do link to the full study if you want to check it out, but it was too many m- numbers, and uh, I'm not racist, so. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, but no, yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, I can't math, so what does it matter? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, math what? is racist, but moth is not racist. Moth is lamp, and lamp is life. I love lamp. I love lamp. Lamp! Uh, When asked about their scariest issues regarding owning a home, paranormal activity came in at a surprisingly low 5%. Uh, Top five things they're afraid of is mold, foundation issues, termites, asbestos, and water damage. Mm Mm-hmm. All the, the monikers of a spooky house. Uh, 73% of those surveyed said that they would consider buying a haunted house and 52% of them stated that they wouldn't pay the full asking price, which I would say is, it's fairly fair, right? (laughs) That's a very business savvy thing. Someone to say, I'd buy a haunted house, but I'd want a discount. How many people were brutally slaughtered here? Knock, knock 33,000 off for me. Then we can see that's what happens when people get murdered in houses, you know, and there's nothing about the haunting. It's just, hey, someone was murdered here. It's not a great look. We know that. Here's a discount. You know, if there is a ghost, yeah, you know, who knows? You also have to consider if it's in a safe neighborhood uh, or if it had friendly ghosts, etc. It would be more likely to sell. On the other hand, 27% of those surveyed said that they would be willing to pay above the asking price. (laughs) Now, the question is, would did the... Neighborhood get dangerous after the ghost started haunting the house. Is the is the ghost haunting the neighborhood? That's a. I'm not going to say it. The neighbors a, are like, this fucking ghost is knocking our home values down. Get out of here, ghost! Just a bunch of fucking rambunctious ghosts. <laughs> this is fucking the HOA ass. is just ripping their hair out. How do we get rid of this? Ghost tearing ass down the down the street with a baseball bat, knocking mailboxes down. Fucking ghost keeps fucking <laughs> him and his his family party until four in the morning every night, every goddamn night. They don't mow the lawn. Anyway, uh, fucking ghosts. Fifteen percent of respondents said that they would prefer to own a a haunted house. You know, I. I could see myself. Would in the prefer 50, it. I could see myself in the fifteen percent. I don't know if I would go into the twenty-seven percent, saying that I would pay more. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the nads to say I prefer to live in a haunted house. I don't. I don't have it in me. Don't I think I've lived in haunted houses before. I, I know. I know what happens. You don't. It's not fun. It's not cool. Yeah, I just it kind of gets annoying because you always feel like someone's walking up on you, and then you turn around to prepare to have a conversation with someone, and there's no one there. There's no one there. All the, time. the sleep paralysis is lame. I've had that happen in a hotel room, so you know it's like that. That could happen anywhere. Mm, yeah, well, hotels are haunted as shit. Yeah, <laughs> there isn't a hotel on this earth that hasn't had at least a hundred people die in it. <laughs> Don't care how small the hotel is. 
Now, uh, 44% of people believe that they lived in a haunted house, and 53% are more likely to think that they have supernatural activity in their home if they're already believers in the paranormal. While 48% of millennials say that they've lived in a haunted house, only 18% of baby boomers made the same claim. In a surprising revelation, 63% of people admitted that they knew their house was haunted prior to moving in. Uh, For those who experienced paranormal activity in their homes, uh, the most common occurrence were hearing strange noises, feeling as if someone or something was watching them or touching them, uh, seeing unexplained shadows, witnessing an apparition, and feeling sudden cold or hot spots. Um, And those are the top five. Hmm. Get a little tingly in your spingly? Mm, Spider sense is tingling. Mm, Ghost sense. As for what kind of paranormal activity would need to occur in the in in order for the owners to immediately move out of the house, uh, having objects move or levitate on their own came in uh, first at forty five percent. Feelings of being watched or touched came in second with forty two percent, and while sudden mm. changes changes in their children's behavior, forty uh, percent having a serious crime occur near their home, thirty eight percent. And seeing a ghost, thirty-seven percent rounded out the top five reasons for leaving their home. Hmm. Levitating furniture is number one. I think is a solid number one. Having the kids change is number five. It's bad parenting. Yeah, it should be number one. You dicks. What the fuck? Stupid parents. Don't parent after you know after the first year. They're just like whatever. And then whatever. Uh, uh, I, I figured the only the only appropriate measure was to then find a top ten video of the most haunted places that are uh, available on the market these days. <laughs> okay. So I got ten out. Do you want to, Do you want to start halfway through? What are you feeling? Uh, ten. It's the ten most haunted places you can stay in the world. Is that Is that what it is? That are for sale. That are for sale in the world. Let's do all 10, if they're short. Yeah, like this one's 23 seconds. Straight from the movie The Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill's home is up for sale at $298,500. A stone's throw from Pittsburgh, this 2,400-square-foot property has beautiful craftsmanship throughout. An in-ground pool and a vintage caboose make this home feel like a steal, a price that really has been cut to the bone. (laughs) Oh man, I love that. I love. I always do Buffalo Bill quotes. There are a lot of people that would kill to live in that one. Although, does it really have the well? I don't think so. I don't know. I wonder if they're passing out complimentary <laughs> lotions in the basket. <laughs> oh, get a card. Uh, yeah. Oh man. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's hot. And I'm sorry. I, t- I was kind of talking over the price. Uh, 500000 600000 something like that. So, let's try it again. Straight from the movie The Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill's home is up for sale at $298,500. No, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. It's a steal. <laughs> it's not even actually haunted. It's a, it's a collector's item. It's a it's a prop. Easy, yeah. It's made out of real fake wood. Um, cool. Not, this, not this cheap ass fake fake wood. 
<laughs> this fake fake wood, the real fake wood. <laughs> here's a here's number nine. Not the exact house where Lizzie Borden may or may not have killed her father and stepmother back in 1892, but this Fall River, Massachusetts home was the home she moved to after her parents' deaths. Lizzie stayed here until her death in 1927, and the home is up for sale at $899,000. It was a little more pricey, a little more pricey. It doesn't. You didn't even kill anybody there. Allegedly. You didn't kill anybody there. Well, you know, maybe maybe the spirits traveled with her. You know, whatever possessed her to allegedly, legend has it in Minecraft, kill her parents. I mean, yeah, I guess, but it's like, what, you kill somebody in a house and then you go live in another house and that house is haunted? What's the deal? Hey, crazier things have happened, man. I, I You're right. You're right. Crazier things have happened. I mean, I, 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 I would not discount the idea that uh, spirits can travel with people with objects too. Oh, totally. 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 Uh, yep. Here's a uh, number eight. Watch the out. Black Dahlia murder house is steeped in gruesome history as previous owner, Los Angeles doctor George Hodel, is still suspect of the crime. Elizabeth <laughs> Short was killed, mutilated, and dismembered with her body sliced in half at the waist and all of the blood drained from it. Many say it was the work of a skilled surgeon. With such dark history, this property was recently on the market for $4.7 million and has been the backdrop of many a Hollywood film. I see. But hey, those yeah, surgeries <laughs> those surgeries are safe and effective. <laughs> Ooh, man. Uh, Ooh. <clears throat> Bloodletting. The good old-fashioned way. Yeah. You know, that's how George Washington died. Yep. It let out too much. Put it back in. <laughs> Uh, he was like, nah, that's good. I'm done. Those are his last words. Nah, I'm good. Okay, bye-bye now. That's what it is well, but the modern version, I think, is I'm good. Um, Which is funny. I watched, I found this video. I Sorry to divert, but I found this video. I think it, it stop me if I told you this. The last words of all of the presidents, the final words of all of the presidents, one by one, if they're known or not. And the first ones are like, ah, tis well, or ah, my my love to my loved ones. And then the last ones are like, oh, God, get the water. Oh, I, you know, Jesus Christ, I'm in so much pain. Like, it's, I don't know, it's funny. Maybe they got more honest or people got wimpier and deaf. I don't know what the deal is. Anyway, shall we? Number seven. The Gardette Le Pretri Mansion, or more locally referred to as Sultan's House in New Orleans, was once host to the cream of the New Orleans society. Well, that was until neighbors noticed blood trickling from under the front door the very next morning. Police broke into the home to find everyone inside had been murdered with swords and axes, and the sultan was found buried alive in the backyard. Rumors were rife that the executions were carried out by the sultan's brother, the real sultan, as payback for the theft of his fortune and many of his wives. This French quarter-style home has nine bedrooms and ten bathrooms and was recently on the market for $2.65 million and has hopefully had quite the clean-up since the massacre. See, I could live in New Orleans. I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Wow. What, when did they say that murder happened? Uh, I don't know if they gave a date. Oh, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. That's that's cool. That's That's very interesting. That's probably the baddest house that they've listed so far. I can give you a date here in three, <clears throat> two, one. 
Oh, we had that stream drop again. Jesus. Oh, stream drop? Yeah, it seemed to be about 10 minutes ago. Uh, no way. We've been off the air for 10 minutes? No, 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 no. It's just the stream counter resetted. Oh, okay. And it looks like 1983, excuse me, 1836. 1836, wow. With the Sultan. 1836. Yeah. You could you could go and just murder a whole fucking house full of people back then, I guess. And everyone's just like, oh, shit. What the hell? Okay, shit, fuck. It's over. Sorry, cussing. I went, I went a lot of the night without cursing. I blew it at the end there. Uh, let's see, that was number seven, I think. Yeah, here's six. Not satisfied with just one haunted home? How about a whole town? Up Top Colorado was once the highest railroad depot in the world, with a dance hall, saloon and hotel, a real mining and railroad community. Sadly, in the early 1900s and in the 1960s, the new highway system bypassed the town. Recently restored by two sisters from Boston, the entire town went on the market in 2014 for $2 million, including the train depot, dance hall, saloon, and chapel. To this day, the town is still for sale. So if any of you listeners out there want to come to Colorado and start a cult with me in this ghost town... Yeah, no shit. This is where this is where the no agenda commune starts. We just got to pull together two million. Yeah, you know, with the billions upon billions of listeners that we have, I think, I think we can make that happen. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident. I will manifest this. If there are any spooks out there who want to finance us so that you can turn us into scapegoats later, don't don't call. <laughs> Call four three zero. No, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You fucking <laughs> don't tell them anything. Okay. Uh and if you if you don't want to do it in if you don't want to do it in California, we could always do it in Arizona. A young couple from Arizona just a few years ago discovered a mysterious pile of ancient rocks within their home pottery shards and rock carvings that were dated back 1,000 years. The couple also found a Stonehenge type phenomenon that occurs on both the spine and fall equinoxes. A six inch wide beam of light that starts in the glass between two boulders and slowly works its way across the floor and up the wall to a 36 inch spiral petroglyph. When the sun hits its mark the stone projections light up like diamonds. Some people think it's a signal to the space creatures, a light that will guide their spaceships to the Arizona desert. Archaeologists and historians will dream about living within this home, as 9-acre, 4,380-square-foot property contains three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a great room. It was once for sale at $4.2 The property is now currently off the market. That one's kind of pricey. It was getting upwards in $4 million. Holy shit. And somebody just, oh, well, sounds like uh, some Masonic stuff to me. Sounds like a, a high-ranking Mason lived there. Mm. It's neat, you know. Uh, definitely go, if uh, if you're if you're into this sort of stuff, circle back, check out the video. I mean, the photos are very impressive. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That one sounds really cool. See, I, I was like, I want that. I want that in my house. I want a fucking <laughs> like, thing where the sun goes up and it's the crystal. It's dope. Come on. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I forget where number four is at. One of New Orleans' prettiest buildings, Magolia Mansion, oh, currently operates gross. as a bed and breakfast. The home is an important example of antebellum architecture and is known as one of the most romantic inns in America. Many of the building's previous owners came to strange deaths, though, including yellow fever and a lightning strike. This 13,300-square-foot mansion has 13 bedrooms and was recently up for sale on the market for $3.2 million. That one, that one sounds a little, you know, a little less abrasive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's haunted light. <laughs> I, I, I feel like uh, I feel like we're coming up on a famous location here fairly soon. <laughs> when it was built in 1895 for the president of the Remington Arms Company, Carleton oh, yeah. Manor was one of the grandest structures in all of New York. The solid stone outer structure sits on an island of 6.9 acres and is surrounded by almost a thousand feet of waterfront. Today it is an abandoned shell not fit for humans or ghosts. For a mere $495,000, the buyer willing to make this piece of history into a grand restoration project can turn this home from a nightmare into a dream home. <laughs> not fit for, what was it, not fit for humans, not fit for or ghosts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's a podcaster's dream house. <laughs> that Booberry. sounds like where a commune should be. <laughs> I'm Booberry. He's lavish, and together we're here to fix it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No people, no ghosts. Perfect. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Nice. Remington. You're thinking of a Winchester murder mansion, right? Yeah, I'm, I I have parallels to it. It seems like families of companies of arms companies seem to oh I don't know have ghosts for some reason that bug them. Yeah, you know, I don't see any descendants of Lockheed and Martin rushing out to build properties. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you know we should look into that. Oh yeah, <laughs> they could be. This is uh, I've read this book and it's a scary book. Maybe I wouldn't purchase what the this house. An absolutely iconic property as the Amityville Horror Home sold in 2016 reduced from $1.15 million down to $850,000. The home where Ronald Defoe got up in the middle of the night in 1974 and killed his parents and four siblings with a rifle whilst they slept. This 5,000 square foot home finally sold in 2017 for just $605,000 and residents are forever telling people to stop standing outside of their home for a photo opportunity. That would, <laughs> that would get annoying. Yes, it would. You probably have to put up a sign. Either that or, I don't know, dress up in a scary costume. Oh, that would just make it worse. Oh, shit. Zinzi would take pictures with you. <laughs> the other option that came to mind is you can get one of those... Uh, we follow the science signs and put it out front. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put a Biden sign out there. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Let's, let's go, Brandon. Go, Brandon. Yeah. Whoa, let's go, Brandon. Let's go podcasting. Well, I think you and I can always shout out Let's Go, Brandon in our last and number one spot. Quite possibly the world's biggest haunted house is this abandoned 110-room property in Pennsylvania. Linwood Hall was designed by A.B. Widener, who had been a major investor in the construction of the Titanic. 
Widener's son and grandson later died on the major voyage of the Titanic itself. Consumed with guilt and grief, Widener died in his grand mansion just three years after the Titanic sank. It is said that three Widener ghosts are still the home's caretakers. The mansion was listed at 20 million in 2014 and dropped to 16.5 million in 2015. The property is still not sold. A survey on Realtor.com said that 33% of the 2,000 people asked would buy a haunted home. <laughs> After seeing just a number of these haunted properties, would you still want to purchase? Yes. All of them. <laughs> yeah. I am the haunted mansion mogul. Well, the Amityville Horror one sounds like it should just be turned into an actual tourist attraction. Mm. I mean, realistically, like, if you wanted to be cool, you could buy that house, keep it as a house, or I don't know what the whatever the the permitting deal is, but just turn it into a thing. Just that, that that's what people want. Do it. I mean, if we, if we wanted to go total corporate whores, we could add a fl- uh, the flair of reenacting to it. Yeah, hire someone to to go around shooting people. I don't know, whatever, whatever people do. Uh, maybe, maybe that's not profitable. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> or just some normal people that's never they don't watch horror movies and they're just like, oh, this is a nice house, great deal. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, there was a there was an ISO that I didn't get to 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 drop from this Neil deGrasse. Uh, Tyson video that I had found, but it's it's an interesting video, so we'll we'll come back to it at a later date. But got this gem out of it. You okay. scientifically illiterate troglodyte. <laughs> troglodyte. <laughs> That's not an insult. Those things are fucking insane. Um, nice. That's awesome. Well, I just uh, refreshed the screen mail. Didn't see anything coming in. Um, Did you? Oh, there's one. We got to hit the the Mo clip that I pulled. Just, I just, I'd, I'd like to play it. This is episode sixty six. That's right. Thanks, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Midas had a really great idea. Uh, I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research, figure out how we can implement it, but uh, we're hoping to. Uh, split the value tag with him for this episode it is one of the podcasting 2.0 features. Sweet. Awesome. So, so that uh, every set or every boost that you, that you would send to us would be split with Mo. Cool. Or it might be the podcast index note. I'm not sure. Mm. Really sounds just... like some communist gobbledygook and I like it. Boobery wants some action. <laughs> Always. This guy always <laughs> wants action. Every time I talk to him, I'm like, dude, Booberry wants some action. I'm just ready to go, man. I'm just always, always he's the, there. He's the uh, Energizer Bunny. Yeah, this is me. What's the tip? I want the tip. I want the tip. Give me the tip. Enough of the chicanery. I think it is time. Holy shit. Three and a half hours. It is time to go. And that was our episode the Mo Facts, man. We did it. The Mo for show. I think we can officially retire now. You know, 
it's a it's a nice breeze up here at the top. <laughs> I feel like I'm standing on the middle pillar of milk crates. <laughs> That's right. We have climbed the milk crate pyramid, my friend. Oh yeah, I've witnessed the serpent swallow the egg. Oh yeah. Oh, well, be sure to check us out at BehindTheSchemes.com, S-C-H-3-M-3-S, or if that's too long for you, LoveIsLit.com, or better yet, BadRadio.Live. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if you want to scream at us, you can call us at 612-263-7999, and uh, we'll play whatever uh, you scream at us on the air. This is true. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say you got to get in your pre-orders of Moshine because they're going fast with a capital F. I love it. Stay tuned for next week, same time, seven thirty, nine thirty, ten thirty Eastern. Uh, Lavish will be out of town, but uh, not out of town, but uh, I will be out of town. Okay, and uh, Sir Seat Sitter will be stepping in, and we have the guys from the Japan What podcast joining us, so be sure to check it out. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Hell yeah. Well, I've been Booberry Mothman in the Miniocalypse. And I have been, am, and probably will be later, Lavish. This is episode 66. This show is behind the shem shemas. Schemes. Behind the schemes with threes as E's. Who spells the name of their show funny? So it's hard to find. Like with threes instead of E's. Boo Burry, the Mothman of the Miniocalypse. I mean, he does a show with this guy called Lavash who just blows it out of the park. I'm the public radio now. Is that me over there? Like nailed to the cross? This is Behind the Schemes. The esoterica of your dreams. <laughs>